So yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bridge the Gap. We got Mr. Awkward's joining us today. And uh, hey, I think hey. in our new intro flow, firstly, my name is Holden Stefan Roy. I'm not the best at remembering to say that. And then it's a good for Mr. <laughs> Flacco, Liddy Bro Flacco, to come through and take it away and explain a little bit how this all came to be and why we're even having this hey. conversation. Facts, facts. Welcome, everybody. This is Bridge the Gap. Uh, we are your hosts, Holden Stefan Roy and myself, Liddy Bro Flacco. Our guest today is Awkward's. Awkward's. Um, this whole show came about like I, you know, I did a project, uh, the volume one Liddy Bros thing, right? And um, Holden came across like the music on some very organic shit. And like we did an interview. And in that interview, I was just like, yo, this guy really, you know what I mean? He knows what he's doing on the interview tip. And I was just like, yo, let's do something together. And let me bring some of the homies that I know to the table so that we can talk to them together, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, we've been doing that now, and it's been pretty, pretty uh, great conversations all around. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that this will, this is gonna add to it and be equally as interesting. Yeah, I know for real, and I'm really excited too, because you know, in a lot of cases, this is really new for me. I wasn't really an interviewer person for a long time, but also this whole battle rap journey is very new to me too. It kind of just like I found out I'm interviewing Iron Solomon one day, and I'm like, who? Right. And then so this whole thing has been this like journey of honestly discovering battle rap. It's been like, like I've been watching battles, but when I got to you at this point, I'm actually catching stuff properly now. I'm following references. I'm getting the, the differences between the smack and the URLs and the grind times and the, you know, it, yeah, I know there's, what a, there's lush a lot one of new stuff. So when I get to the awkwards, I'm like, okay, this is like, hmm. at this point, it's a little better. But what was really interesting about awkwards, at least for me, is so we ended up raiding MERS one day. And then I was on the okay. MERS raid train. And two people after MERS was awkwards. And I'm like, awkward awkward like the same so i checked you on the instagram i'm like no it's the same dude and he was so cool he was just like yo i'm mad excited to come do this and stuff and i'm like yo not everybody's like that like like so enthusiastic so fucking sincere and i'm like yo i can't even wait and then i peeped his uh, twitch a few times which is amazing that he's already on twitch doing things that is blessed and that was like just a great discovery for me wild wild time ahead of us yo like not um Not us as in you and me, right, Holden? Because, like, you've been on your journey before me, right? I just got on this year. But Awkwards was telling me about this shit how many years ago now, bro? Man, I've been on Twitch for, man, over probably, like, five years right now. But consistently, I've been doing it for a little over maybe, like, a year or something like that. I always wanted to do it a lot, but I didn't really have the type of hardware uh, that I really needed to do it right. So within the last year, we've been we've been going pretty hard. All right. So before we get to the last year, we should probably do it right, which is where we bring it all the way back. And I have a very late token first question I like to start with. It's a bit of a story. Okay. Where it lands, you're gonna be like, however you react, I can't predict for you. But it all starts okay. with my girlfriend, and she's washing the dishes, and she's listening to that uh, Black Eyed Peas song that I got a feeling, I got a feeling, and she, she's vibing and she's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so she's vibing she's dancing she's I'm doing her kidding, thing Dutch. and uh basically it made me think a little bit about music and vibes right because this is like right. nowadays times uh and i remember like 10 11 years ago being in the clubs 
and I'm fucking dancing drunk to that very song in a circles in multiple locations as we're all doing our jump around stuff. And it got me going, yo, that's 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 an interesting thought, right? Like how music at one time is in the clubs and then as time goes on, it's now like the chores and the exercise music. Because right. yo, even when I go exercise, it's that kind of music stills. And then when I thought about it, that means autumn club songs, the WAPs, the all that, that's the future chores music and all of that that's going to get played when people's <laughs> cleaning up their cribs and doing dishes and stuff and, and whatever. But that Definitely really, that new Anderson Pack one. <laughs> and uh, as I think about that, though, it made me like, go with musical journeys because ultimately all of us usually have a bit of a musical journey when we're in these moments. I mean, this show. And so uh, with that, like, it got me going. Most of the time when we talk about our musical journeys, it goes, like, to, like, this adolescent age when we first attached our identities to music in the first place. But really, it made me realize that it goes way, way back in time and that the real foundation to our musical identities is more attached to, like, how the vibes and the sounds that existed when we were like five, like a five-year-old awkward right. would have been in a room and hmm. maybe it's the parents playing some vinyls or tapes or whatever right. it was. And there's certain energies and, and sounds. Like in my case, my dad had a lot of tapes, those gray boxes with the wires mm -hmm. going to speakers and he would play his Led mm -hmm. Zeppelins and his really late 90s, like the mid 90s nighttime techno and all right, that stuff. Right. And these were sounds and my mom had her bad discos and she would buy them out these fucking like corner stores and they were like three dollars but they were the hits done badly and like mm -hmm. these were just sounds that made up my whole life and it and it got me wondering what are the the soundscapes of like like a really you know three to five year old <laughs> awkwards and what was going on in his world at that time what did it look like what did it sound like right um where, where were you let's start a, there too well we we're in, in stockton california a little place called stockton california um you know I think uh, when I was, you know, the youngest memories of maybe my mom listening to music, you know, she had a lot of Michael Jackson records on vinyl. And uh, we, I mean, to this day, me and my mom are both huge Michael Jackson fans. Like my mom was literally crying when he passed away. Um, but she was, you know, she was around when, you know, Sugar Hill Gang came out and she had it on vinyl and, you know, it was playing in the clubs where she was at when she was, you know, that age. So that's the kind of shit that was around in the house. And my father liked, uh, you know, classic rock, you know, the Eagles, uh, mm. things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jimi Hendrix, Santana, et cetera, that type of stuff. Um, and which, which is stuff that, you know, I still really love to this day, all that type of stuff. You know, I, I, I listen to so many different things, but I think what got me into rap was like my older brother. You know, I have a brother who's six years older than me and he was always on to everything first, you know? Ah. Fair enough. That's interesting still. That seems to be like the trend with older siblings. The older siblings right. end up being the people who do all the heavy lifting on the finding stuff. And then yeah, you're just absolutely. like, yo, I didn't have to ever try. It just came well, to me. Well, six years, man. He's six years old. He had six fucking years. You know, also, though, you know, not to take away from them, you know, but like because they were older than us, they were around back when there wasn't much of anything, right? right? So like, if there was a cool thing that came up, it was the cool thing for the year. So everybody right. essentially was up on the cool thing. Right. They just I... got to be a alive when that cool thing happened mm. to be able to pass it down to us. So thank right. them for being older and having that, you know? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, and this was a time when, you know, MTV was first starting to like pop off and, and things like that. My brother was a total 
MTV fucking kid, you know, when we were super, super, super young, you know what I mean? Because it was just, it was like just starting, you know what I mean? It was like so popping at the time. Um, But yeah, that's that's where I got a lot of uh, the early musical stuff from. My mom was big Michael Jackson. That was like our our shit. Nah, it's super cool. So (laughs) you gotta understand, I'm gonna go at this from multiple levels before we move on a little bit. You'll get you'll get you'll feel it out. So at that time in your life. Mm-hmm. Were you interested in pursuing music? Like, were you like already singing real loud and dancing along and doing any of that kind of stuff? Not at all, man. Um, when I was a little little kid, I, I I'm not like one of the the child guys. I've been fucking rapping since I was four years old. No, um, I, when I was a kid, man, I was really into video games and movies. I was a big movie guy. Like, I think before I even got into wanting to make music myself i wanted to be like a movie director and choreograph fight scenes and shit like jackie chan movies that's what i really wanted to do when i when i uh, was a little 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 kid and uh, but i never really knew how to even get into that shit you know what i mean my parents were busy they wasn't gonna like take me to some audition or i don't know how to do that shit you know what i mean I was also curious what kind of games you were playing back then because that's like some original like that's like the nes era no yeah yeah my first console was an nes that's so cool like to me at least maybe flacco doesn't same here bro yeah honestly it it aged so well it's real great even even in 2021 to be honest i mean a lot of those games are still like right like in new york city what i really love about living in new york city is the fact that and you've been here awkward so you know you can testify to this you know like is the fact that you walk uh a distance, whatever that distance is, be it one block, be it 10 blocks, you're going to come across so many human beings just walking by you. And then there's so much like people here, you get such a good gauge of generally everything that's going Mm -hmm. on in the world. You know, you're going to get people that are just migrating here from whatever country. So they're still on their country time or they've been here for a while. And they now have adopted their country's things into this New York City environment. And so, like, New York City, there's this huge thing. Those consoles that are, like, all those old NES and Genesis games that it's all of it. And what are those things called again? I forget what they're called. Cartridge. Yeah. No, no, it's like a... The, the little box, yeah, like a I, box that I, I has know. all those games on it already, type shit. I don't know what the right okay. Oh, oh, you mean like a like one of them emulator joints? Right? Emulator. Yeah. There we go. The emulator. That's thing. I use a lot of them out here. Those things are. You walk by any random gift shop, they Everywhere. have at least ten of them stocked because people out here, like when you're in the hood and you know you really can't afford a PS5. Like, right. you do still want a game, and you'll still game on Yo, some old NES shit and honestly, have a good time. You to know? just credit the, the lack of graphical pushing. Like, I feel like in the modern era, some, some developers put, like, this heavy reliance on graphics and other aesthetics and more, like, cliche shit. But back then, it was, like, the Wild West, man. Like, nobody had rules, so it was, like, you literally yeah. just had to write the latest game. And those are the games yeah. that people play today, or the really trash ones, which equally have value to be honest yeah man my, my first shoot was was the nes and uh you know me and my brother you know some of my earliest memories probably playing with my brother playing mario brothers playing river city ransom playing mega man yeah all that type of stuff that's fresh yeah and what, and what you were saying about uh them selling all those emulator systems was crazy every time i see someone trying to sell one it really makes me laugh because 
anybody who has a computer can literally have the online. same thing. Can literally have the <laughs> same thing for free. And like free. Like you have no idea how tiny those games are if you're looking at like data on a computer. Nintendo yeah, game, yeah. pop. Oh, you yeah. want 300 Nintendo games? Boop, boop. There they are. They're yeah, already yeah, done yeah, downloading. Yeah, like it's, they got free. They also got them on the phones. There's, I have a free NES yeah, emulator. Yeah. I never used one time on my phone, but I put it. Yeah. Well, you know, on yeah. Amazon, you can buy. Um, I have. I'll show you right now, actually. I, I do a lot of the NES speed runs on this. A Super Nintendo controller with a uh, USB on the back. Yo, that's fresh. I, I look at those on Amazon right a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's got a USB. So once you have your emulators, you, you have a Super Nintendo controller. Just It's just like a real Super Nintendo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Really, it's really no different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yo, believe it or not, I care a lot about your speed running. That shit is so cool to me. So anytime hey, you want to talk bro. about that, anytime, man, I, yo, I was fascinated. Yeah, now you're good at that. I didn't even realize, right? Because I hadn't, I hadn't, I'm, right, I'm, not right. in, I'm not a gamer like that, right? You, so like. You. I just always was like, yeah, no, nah, I, I won't, I won't be interested in this. And then the other right. day, when I stopped by it, I was uh -huh. like, this is interesting, actually. <laughs> like, wrong. I could it's see myself enough. getting caught up. Like I, I eventually left, and um, like uh, I left it on, and mm. I didn't, you know, New York City shit again. You know, you leave to go to the corner bodega, and next thing you Come know, back. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. out, you're out for like two, three hours, you know, or like an hour. Right, uh -huh. I go end up doing like a bunch of errands, and I come back and I'm just like, "Fuck, yo! I could have fucking got caught up in this shit and not done nothing." Mm, just yeah. like yeah. watching yeah. you play, uh, um, what was that? A Resident Evil? Did Probably Resident Evil. One? Yeah, Resident Evil One. We were uh, working on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, awkward. We just got a question from my side. Uh, Ismail would like to know what is your background. Oh, it's uh. It's the cover art from my uh, song with Method Man that we dropped about a year ago. I just threw it in the back. I have like this uh, NVIDIA broadcast program that digitally removes my background. It's like this weird AI shit and I can put whatever I want behind me. So it's like, nice. it's, it's like Method Man right here. And then I'm up here and collages, but just fine. I wonder if I have that. <laughs> I'm like awkward to be teaching me how to make my stuff look nicer right which now. We will, which we will definitely <laughs> get to. Um, uh, 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 that the, that that part of the conversation, I was super Most like telling, holding, like I had wild you. ideas because there's a lot of questions I have with it. But nah, let's definitely. keep on with yeah, this no, no. journey. You know what yeah, I mean? Like getting to know people yeah, from like young. But were you the into? Speed crazy. But let's say like back when you were like real young. I know that you were mm -hmm. interested in the movies, and which is cool. And that video games, because you know why video games is cool because you played it when you're young. And you literally right. are in a monetizable position right now playing video games today. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I never would have thought. Um, honestly, the kids these days are so lucky, man. If I had Twitch when I was really at it as a kid, like, oh, my God, dude. I could have been a millionaire already. Man, I, I relate heavy to that. Um, but, like, uh, were you into drawing? Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that, man. I was, but I was terrible absolutely okay. awful you know what i mean once you finally try for so long and it just doesn't get better you just like you know what maybe i just suck at this thing you know i could never really you know it's hard for me to wrap my head around the concept of people that can draw really good because i just don't understand it like how do you see something and then make it look exactly like it. I just, I, I can't fathom. Yeah, nah, it's a, it's a talent. It's a talent. It's a talent. it's a talent. it's a talent that you hone, right? 
But yeah. you definitely, I think it's definitely something that you're born with. And I yeah. understand and can relate to it. It makes whole, no like, sense. Yeah, it no, makes it, no sense. It's like that's how I feel about producers. We're it's like, a straight I've up gift. There, like I've how? I sat there with equipment and tried, and I know that's not meant for me. Like I know for a fact that thing right there, that's not meant for me. Not <laughs> everybody can do that thing, and it goes to right, show you. Like, right, you gotta right, let, right. You got to give people their respect for what they're able to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know all the Facebook memes tell you never give up and stuff like that, but I think part of it is sometimes like you need to know when to give up. Yo, yeah. big facts, actually. Big facts. <laughs> no, because, like, sometimes, like, you have, it's like, I'm 5'7", and I wanted to be on the basketball team at one point, and I had right. to learn that maybe professional basketball was not for me starting at 13 years old. You know, like, there were some things about that equation that didn't make sense <clears throat> in the big right, picture right. of it, you know? But um, that's really cool. And at any time you want to talk about what life is like in Stockton, it's actually super interesting. <laughs> like the show's called Bridge the Gap a little bit because you know, right, like, right. I'm in Montreal. They're, and the New York guys will like describe stuff, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I had to go on this right. whole journey to like catch up and learn what a stretch in Barbudo is and a lot of things because that <laughs> wasn't like around for me, right? I'm not right. even in the same country. So when you, when you anything you want to share about just even what it's like to be there for you growing up would also right. be dope stuff as well you know none of us were um, in stockton you know, back then i think uh you know first of all stockton is a very unique place uh, um i think it's mostly associated in the public eye with always has negative connotation a bad reputation for lots of crime and violence and murder and things of that nature um and which there is it's always it's always been that way even you know before i was born it was like that so you know i'm you know almost 40 so it's been a while but uh there's a lot of great things there you know that i like to focus on more so um instead of the shit that everybody knows you know there's a lot of beautiful things there and we're kind of like on the music scene kind of like catching a little viral youtube wave right now it's kind of crazy what's happening in the city right now um but it's, you know it's a unique place man there was uh you know like when i was a kid going to school and stuff there's you know, a lot of gang banging and fights and, you know, just, you know, guns in your face, bullets flying past you, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, you know, you just got to keep your head on a swivel. But at the same time, I think it really prepared me just for life in general. I think the type of, uh, you know, it's probably one of the most, if not like, I can't say the most, but one of the most diverse places I've ever been in my life. Like literally like everybody in Stockton has to grow up around people that are not like them constantly you know what i mean like it's i'm thankful that i grew up in a place like that i could feel like i could be more grounded like the rest of the world when, when i when i move um but we have a lot of great things man we have some superior athletes man like i think one of our high schools edison high school it's uh i didn't go there it's one of the fucking grimiest high schools in the whole city man one of the most grimiest high schools i ever even seen in real life and uh, it has one of uh, some crazy statistic, one of the highest percentages of like uh, high school athletes that went to the NFL or something like that was this high school. And fucking, uh, you know, we got Diaz brothers, obviously motherfuckers can start to fight. That's no, <laughs> that's no uh, surprise there. But and I think before the, before the Diaz brothers, wasn't um, this dude, the bad boy? No, that that's um, one of the Diaz brothers, but wasn't, um what's his name uh I, i'm one of the early ufc guys i forget his name he had the colorful hair he was doing the colorful hair before everybody 
in the UFC. I don't know. I don't think he was from Stockton. I'm not he sure. He was not from Stockton. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But there's a lot of people from the area, even like Ken Shamrock and stuff like that. They're like 20 minutes away from Stockton in a city called Lockford. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like super close. But, um, you know, even before we had Dallas Braden, who uh, he was a pitcher for the, a, the Oakland A's, and he uh, he pitched the 19th perfect game in baseball history, which if you don't, I mean, I'm not much of a baseball guy. If you know what that means, that means he struck everybody out for the entire game. And he's the 19th person in baseball history to ever do that. And that, I think, I think he that, got like a page on fucking uh, sports illustrated or some shit, like a cover story. And like, it was on mother's day and he's always been raised by his grandmother. His grandma was in the audience. It was like the perfect moment. You know what I mean? And uh, he's actually a really good friend of mine. We went to school since seventh grade together. You know what I mean? Like Dallas is my homie. You know what I mean? It's just some stock and shit. That's like my good friend, you know? It takes like a movie buff to really use words like the perfect moment, in my opinion, the way that you describe <laughs> that. That's that's amazing. I'm really glad you shared that. I mean, it us. was. Like, think about it, man. Like, fucking Mother's Day. Your grandma's in the audience. You throw the 19th yeah. perfect baseball game ever. Yeah. Like, no, what the fuck? that's definitely epic. Now I know I'm 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 a baseball guy, and I can tell you like that's a it, there's a difference between a no hitter and a perfect game. Yeah. No hitters, many many pitchers have pitched no hitters because you can like give a walk away and mm-hmm. let a guy okay. get on base with a no hitter, right? He technically because didn't hit. Technically speaking, he didn't hit, right? Yeah. It's like he walked to the base, so like it's a no hitter. There's mm-hmm. a lot more of those then there are perfect games. Perfect games is another level of it. It's one of those very, like, rare, like, you know, feats that, like, it can still happen, but it's rare, you know? Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it only comes along every so often. Yeah. It's not a guaranteed perfect game That's a big moment. And, you know, Stockton, big, we're always, we're always uh, you know, pushed under the rug and people look at us just as this negative connotation. So every time something like that happens for us, we're so fucking juiced, man. We're so proud. You talk shit about the Diaz brothers out here, you're liable to get beat the fuck up, dude. It's serious. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Honestly, when, when Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor, <laughs> it was like the biggest Stockton sports moment ever. It was just it was insane. It was insane. Yeah, honestly, I, I it's interesting that you're sharing this just because like I find hearing people's perspectives on this kind of stuff, like nobody like like you have a like I was wondering kind of like a little bit why you had such a knowledge of every like these stats like that but then the more you describe it it's like yo because the reputation is that bad it needs to be said right and that's yeah big. I have yeah. to know this shit <laughs> and I'm like that's big man but, also uh, real quick Ock, where where can can you tell people where yeah. Stockton is exactly yeah yeah absolutely yeah man because most people they think California they're like you know people hit me up yo I'm in L A dog let's kick it I'm like bro you're over 300 miles away, almost 400, technically. This is, it's like, California is like its own country. You know, we are, mm-hmm. Stockton is about 40 minutes I away no driving idea, from the from the capital city, which is Sacramento, uh, where the key yeah. And we're about an hour, hour, depending on which part of the bay you want to go to, maybe an hour and 15 to an hour and 45 minutes from the bay, depending where you're trying to go. Um, and then, Maybe about five and a half, six hour drive to Los Angeles. Yeah, I yeah. honestly thought it was near LA until you said that. I think the Bay everybody is near does. LA. I mean, that's yeah. Everybody, everybody. This is how it is. You know, like, all my friends in New York City swear they're like, yeah, you know, we can go. Like, uh, they've met some of my Cali friends, right? 
Right, they're right. like, yeah, they're making plans for LA. They're like, yeah, then we could go meet up with such and such. And I'm like, he's in the Bay. Do you know how it's, far it's the quite Bay a trip. is? It's quite a from trip. LA, I LA really did it until this like, conversation. It's quite <laughs> a trip, man. Very far, very far quite a trip. It's like but, going from New York City to Atlanta almost. Like, yeah, it's different. You know what I mean? We got different slang. We got everything. Everything's different. So I'm learning about like all of that stuff. But like for me, it's like, yo, I look at it like it's a state and you look at it and it's like a chunk like that or whatever. And then there's a stick thing. And that's as far as I go. Yeah, you don't realize, I, I, I yeah. couldn't. If you were to put like gun to my head, pinpoint L.A. on the fucking California map, I would yeah. panic and be like, I have hey, no, I feel you, bro. Is it on the, it's a I big think place, it's on man. the bottom somewhere. <laughs> I remember the, the way, first it's, time. It's almost all the way at the bottom. Yes, yeah, it's, it's far. I remember the first time I went to New York. And as soon as I the word hella came out of my mouth, everybody knew exactly where I was from. Where you were from. Yeah, absolutely. Instantly. I mean, that's, instantly. That's a, that's a, you know, um, that's one of those things where, like, I try, I saw I saw a show one time on the Discovery Channel, I believe. And it was, like, uh, just talking about the many, many different uh, accents in America. Right. In the United States of America. And just, like, how much they change even within a state oh like, yeah you yeah. know or if you go live you get... go live in one for a while and come back you'll catch that accent mm -hmm. yeah all right fair enough this was great i love this kind of stuff for real because it's all like context into the character of who is awkward's the behind the scenes stuff that most this is the kind of what this interview is this is that like extra the extra setting footage that you would have on a DVD mm. back in the day where you would get a uh, <laughs> lot of information that otherwise isn't easy hey, to find. Hey, that's good. People people always just ask me the same shit. When you start rapping? Yeah, nah. That's when you go to battle the, again? That's you know, why you know, I really fuck with Holden and that's well, why we're doing this. You know, watched... because like he didn't ask me anything that was typical. And right. that's why I fuck with Dude Heavy because it was like, yo, you know what? Right. Like, I mean, this some is, of the this is incredible. Is How did I go at... all these years rapping doing wild interviews and i never talked about my actual life all i ever <laughs> talked about was like hip-hop and rap battle life rap. Rap and it's life. just no, like it's like it's i have a, little a real bit life of a, I'm a human being it's like it's hard to find that stuff i do album reviews for years and uh yo like there's a tier of people where like you get the wiki page and at that point it's easy then you get the breakfast clubs and all that then even then like breakfast club is I right, but like i find that if i'm trying to research because you you do album reviews and then people say research the artist so you try and you realize that shit's impossible to do effectively so i felt like if i try to look you up i can't do any kind of do justice so that's going to be even worse in the lower <laughs> tiers of people right um, i try and i look at your content and i see what you're about and i try to find interviews right. to see how you think and things like that but instead of worrying about it let's just run through your life your life is full of stuff and then you get to guide the ship and tell me what i need to talk about i'm just gonna that's be true. curious and that's the whole formula honestly for me at least and so like the next question though is a little bit related to some of the more cliche stuff it is um what was like the first moment where like you heard music in that like you were it went from that with some stuff that's around you like we're a michael jackson family to that's my shit and that's what you wanted to listen to um you know i i gotta give credit to 
again, my older brother. And um, I just think just going to school in general, you know what I mean? You have, you know, when you're a kid and you don't really know about finding your own music and stuff yet, you go to school, what are your friends listening to and, and things of that nature? I think, you know, I give a big credit to my brother and big credit to just, you know, people at school, you know, you'd be at school and be like, did you hear the new Snoop Dogg or, you know, whatever, did you hear Ready to Die? That kind of thing. And um, that, I think that's a lot where it comes from where I decide like, this is what I like the best out of everything else. Well, but the, I still, even then, I have a wild eclectic music taste. You know what I mean? But obviously, hip hop at my core for sure. What was the first hip hop one that was like you were like, yo? Like the, do you remember the first one? <laughs> oh, the first rap record that got like, oh shit, my fault. The first rap record that I probably heard that got me pumped. This is gonna sound terrible, but fucking can't touch this MC Hammer. That shit. I was yeah, on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. No, Let me tell you something. Ma, I know what ma, it is. Ma, ma, um, music make me like, so bug. Make me say, oh my. MC love. MC yeah. Hammer. That was a big. Yeah, nah, that was a big. Then, I had the pants and the <laughs> read the pumps. Everything, bro. Serious business. I feel you. Now I did not have the pants, but I was heavy on right. Like we were kids. Like and Hammer's a real motherfucker. He'll pull up on you, bro. Yo, real no ass. Come to no find game, out, bro. right? Come it ain't no game. It ain't no game at all. Hammer. <laughs> it ain't it ain't no yo the bay the bay just a catchy that, name like like the way that you said that that Stockton will like fight for the Diaz brothers the bay will fight for yeah. Hammer and, and they won't even have to because so, Hammer will just he, do it he he, <laughs> fed, he fed a lot of families out there though you know what I mean for real? like he did like that's he did, that's man. a that's a thing that you know when the same way that you say like yo I went to school with this guy and he pitched a perfect game that's dope like. There, there's people out there in the Bay, right? That they're probably like to this generation, yeah, yeah, like, course. yo, my mama used to be on the road. She used to be out there with Hammer. Right, shit, right, you know? right. Like, Hammer's the shit, auntie, bro. I, I got so much. Honestly, I can tell you that we had his CDs growing up because my mom fucked with him. So I actually bumped Dude, I love CDs MC Hammer. I got nothing like, but love and respect for MC yeah. Hammer, bro. I thought for he real. was really good. Like, if I really think about it as a teenager, he'd be in the list of fire. people that I listen to. Not super fire. I mean, super Can't fire. Touch is one of the most famous rap songs in history. It's got to be. I was, I was um, having a conversation on Clubhouse the other day, and they were saying, they were talking about a new artist that's coming out of Memphis, and they were saying, you know, how ubiquitously Memphis he is, you know, so, like, kind of like Crunchy Black from 3-6 Mafia, mm, he, right. like, does a lot of dancing. In, the, in his music and in the videos and whatnot. And, um, and like, dudes was like, you know, that that uh, the young kids nowadays, they don't like dancing like that. I'm like, I don't think that's really true. I think that this no. generation is finally getting back to dancing. Mm. I was I like, everybody anything, loves if, dancing. Yeah, right. everybody loves dancing. Right. I think so that, like, if it's anything, like... this generation, the artists, they're, they're right. starting to dance in their music videos. And that hasn't really existed since, right. like, the 80s with Kane. You know what I mean, and then mm -hmm. and then in the '90s it was just Hammer, and you know like Hammer. Vanilla Ice, you know, and but like Hammer, like really like was out there, like he yeah. did, he did, you know? he did, he, with the pants on, with the fucking pants, with on. the fucking pants. Oh, I had Reebok pumps and the pants. I thought it was so cool. That's amazing. Nice. No, but it's 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 cool because like, well, it's you. And that's why it's it's real. It's just like you know what I got to think about listening to that album. That's blessed. Flacco likes it. Everybody's on board. MC Hammer is a dope. Hey, but Sir Mix a Lot too was a big one. Yeah, Sir Mix a Lot. Because the thing about Sir Mix a Lot is sorry to cut you off. Uh, the thing is, Baby Got Back is such a huge record, but yes. people don't know Sir Mix a Lot's albums are fire. 
We don't like he know is that. so underrated. Like Sir Mixlot is fucking ridiculously dope. His music is fire. Go listen to the, like the actual album and Baby Got Back ain't even the best song. That's just the one that popped. Like his shit is fire, bro. I fucks with Sir Mixlot. I mean, back then, right? Like all those guys, you got to give them their credit for being great because yeah. back yeah. then there was no like in order to make it, you had to be the real genuine article, you know? Like. Yeah. I remember yeah, listening man. to Baby Got Back recently and thinking about how tight it was. Not just like so pop, good. but like how even tight right now he it's is. a great song. It's a great song. It's he, a it's time. Song. Yeah, no, it's it's dope. But like, so you're basically in high school in a culture that is surrounded by a lot of this stuff that's like happening, like in a more organic sense. So like in the way that like the New York guys tell me, "Yo, hip hop is happening all around me." I walk out in the streets. Right, right, right. So right. this is like a lot of that kind of people is just kind of coming up. So when you're going out to like clubs and shows and shit, like these are the people touring around and coming to visit a lot more frequently than others. So like it's all part of your world. Um, and I guess an hour and a half is pretty close or whatnot. Yeah, so. no, I mean, I mean, it is close. I mean, we had a lot of Stockton had a lot of big influence from like um, the Bay Area and the Sacramento type of music. So, you know, when you're when we were in high school and middle school, you know, we're getting a lot of Sacramento influence. We listen to a lot of like Brother Lynch and Sebo oh, and X-Rated and shit like that. And then, you know, we listen to the Bay. Like, I think when CDs first came out, like the first two uh, or t first like three CDs I bought when CDs were a thing was like uh, Two Short Cocktails, E-40 Federal, and uh, DJ Quick, Quick is the name. Those were like the first three like CDs that I ever owned of any kind. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. No, that's so cool. We got influence from all over. And then I think when I, once I started getting into, into high school, um, that's when like Wu-Tang was starting to really pop off. But you got to think too, like, when I was in like middle school, before high school, you know, this is when people are getting into gangs. This is when, um, you know, all the NWA stuff and Westside Connection and all that shit is really popping off at the time. So it was a real hardcore time. I was, we were listening to a lot of West Coast shit at the time. That also along with the Bay Area and SAC shit that like maybe LA probably wasn't listening to. They were just on their gangster type. They probably weren't listening to as much E-40 and fucking SIBO and shit like that that we were because we were in Stockton and we kind of got a, a good base of like all of it. But, uh, you know, it was just, it was a crazy time. So when, during that time, what, by the time I got to high school, that's when like, you know, a lot of Wu-Tang shit was popping off. We were wearing our pant legs up with fucking goggles and shit and army fucking pants and shit like that. Talking about like 93, 94. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, you know, on the West Coast, maybe even a couple years later. Um, in high school, in high school, it was big, man. Uh, it started getting that. And then I started, you know, listening to more East Coast stuff, too. And like, uh, but even before that, though, I, w I was slapping Biggie and LL Cool J and Run DMC, like, as a kid, though. But when we, like, started really diving into the East Coast stuff heavy was, like, you know, when the Wu-Tang stuff started popping off. And, like, I think when I got my first, like, wake-up show freestyle CD, I think that kind of, like, opened a big gate to more, like, underground type stuff, too. So this is where I you was know what. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I haven't wanted to, like, interrupt you. You know what I mean? But like the whole time, he's like, thank you. <laughs> but the whole time, I'm thinking there's a lot of things at points that I could stop you and be like, I think you could expound because you got to understand holding, you know, like it, it might not, it's not battle rap, right? So it's not like right. he 
is completely inexperienced, but I do right. think that like for him, like the nuance of like like Believe the it West or not, Coast hip hop scene. I'm glad you stopped me because I'm following the nuance so good. I miss that we're not doing it because I'm actually following this like you're following it, and so that's a good point because other okay. people might Ooh. not. So I'm like, yo, because yo, it's the West Coast. Who 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 does like to me? The West Coast and New York are the same shit in my like perception of glorification, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yo, G Funk is what it is, and yo, all of it. Then you start doing album reviews, and you end up with RBL posses and fucking all of that shits, and you're like, yo, that's a go. vibe. And then you start going into it, and like even the brother Lin Chung, I've done. Yo, he cut me a right. little clip of us where my girlfriend's talking and put it in some compilations. Like yo, shit's is cool, fire. dude. I ended up on a Brother Lynch album. What the fuck? Wow, how did that's I fucking bless. Brother Lynch's albums, bro. Like wow, if I could have told me from high school that I was eventually gonna be on Brother Lynch's album, I wouldn't even believe myself dude that's like, like of course not that's and so that's like, definitely one of those like yeah crazy, so crazy. That, that's what crazy, you rap for crazy uh -huh. crazy that was a vibe yeah yeah that, so. that was the first that was for me at least <laughs> yeah yeah facts 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 that was a verse for both of us um all right sorry yeah so basically <laughs> what i here. Any, let's say anything after the question of like what was how did y'all actually get the music I got distracted on mm -hmm. how we got music I mean it was just a lot of time it was word of mouth what your homies listening to what's you know popping on the radio uh what you know so what radio whose did music video have? did you see I mean we you know just a regular mainstream type radio we have a station called Kwin that's uh it's actually it covers a much larger area than stockton many different cities but it is actually uh in stockton the station and i actually <laughs> it's funny i end up working there several years later having my own show okay. which is crazy it's like full circle everyone in stockton grew up listening to k-win at some point you know um and so i would end up i uh, end up working there and we have a show that I haven't been there in over a year because of uh, the pandemic and the whole, I mean, it's like a big corporate building with offices and shit. So it's like, it's really closed down and limited during the whole pandemic. So I haven't been there at all, but hoping to get back to, that was, that was a radio station. I'm not going to say that they broke hella new artists or whatever, but the shit that was popping, it was a radio station. You know what I mean? It was like your regular yeah. mainstream radio station, you know, yeah, whatever you guys have over there. Have. Hey, that's you know what's interesting. Um, you know what though? That's but most good. of it was word of mouth, bro. Your homie was like, "Yo, did you hear the new West Side Connection?" Or, "Ooh, this person dissed this person." Like, that's where it was. We didn't really have well, we didn't have the internet nifty. like that. You know what I mean? It was just you, a lot. Of, that's why a lot of people I think was regional at the time too, because if you wasn't on TV but you were just popping in your area, it wasn't a big big way to spread it like that. You know what I'm saying? You get yeah. what what area you're in. That's the shit you see in for the most part now. With the internet, you could just absorb everything, but it yep. wasn't always necessarily like yeah, but that. Even with like the the radio versions that we like, why I brought it up because like there's a lot of people that would be like the only way to get heard in Montreal wasn't word of mouth because there was no knowledge that this existed in the first place. So right, it would be right, like right. If the radio broke you, and for us that like really took place in the 2000s, and then you look right. at that as part of the story for like New York, right? The radio had a huge role there, is what I understand. Yeah. I'm not saying I know no, definitively. Absolutely. So, and you know, New York had a lot of great, like, not just like they had the mainstream shows, but they also had like the underground joints that you could freestyle on and mixtape shows and shit like that. That was all, all very special stuff. Like in Stockton, we didn't have nothing like that. There's no, there's can't. Yeah, no, that. I mean, but you know what though? Like, even even then, having all that, right? 
you can still get caught up. Like, look, I knew PH and Jean Grey and Sarah right. Connor, right? From like when, <clears throat> like, we're talking about like 99, 2000, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, is when she introduced me to like them. And mm-hmm. back then, I'm aware of an underground scene, right? Which your average hip hop fan, unless they cared enough to really, really do. The all the all because there is a lot of shit back then that goes into getting into that scene. Like it's right. not like easy. Like oh, I can right. just get into it, right? right so right. like even then, like I get introduced to it, I'm in it, and I'm aware that it exists. By the time grind time rolls around in 2008, nine or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm offended at the thought that there's battle rappers in. Idaho and like California. I'm like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean there's an underground scene there? What? what That's they, hilarious. They, their their whole their whole state doesn't consist of the only rap act that comes out of it. I'm surprised by this. It's what crazy. do you mean? I thought that all of Oakland just had MC Hammer and that was it, sir. Like, <laughs> too short and MC Hammer were the only rappers in the whole area, of course. <laughs> Who else would be rapping there, right? I would think that the, the, the only other guys right. that are rapping there are all getting record deals. Yeah, because honestly, right. you're in this place honestly, that I don't know. So right. like, it's, it's kind of like... There's motherfuckers in the Bay that, that um, sell the way gold and no one heard of them. on the point that, Yo. you know what, guys, like, like it, even you can you can be in this place that created this culture. Right. You can be around like knowledgeable also, people in the scene, like, and you can still not be aware of everything that's happening. You know yeah, what I mean? Just to like add to it, but you like doubled and tripled down on that word of mouth thing. Like that's how y'all found out. Like that means your live scene and whatnot. Because like Lushwa made it well, sound I mean, like, like or somebody. At that point, had, I was a kid. I'm talking about when I'm a kid. I'm talking about okay. before I even started rapping. Well, I'm this saying high, I'm, but we're talking about high school, and I have a lot of high school right. comparisons to go against. I'm not like gauging right. it against like young. Right. So right, like right. yo, like it, like people were like downloading Stretch and Bobito tapes to get local rap. You know, like you know the hottest right. stuff that was happening there. And so that is different than say like how do you get your local stuff that's happening? Because you're but your thing is like right. you're from an area where these ecosystems are so uniquely interesting that don't exist almost anyone else because you are having this word of mouth experience where people's bumping it and i'm like yo how do i create that in my city that's so interesting you're from that time you know it's just a different time now i don't think we'll ever see that ever again in that way but um you know and i like i was getting to like when i was in high school the first time i got i think a, a sway and tech you know wake up show freestyle cd that kind of opened me up to this whole world of like underground shit that i didn't even know about you know what i mean like if you were in stockton and found your most fucking knowledgeable hip-hop guy in high school and was like tell me about some underground shit they would just be like you know living legends and hieroglyphics you know what i mean because that's the nearby area underground shit you know what i mean but when you get a wake-up show cd you're hearing the the living legends and hieroglyphics of fucking everywhere damn near you know what i'm saying and that's when it really sinks in i think um that's where i kind of got in tune to i guess i would call it organized battle rap um because you know sometimes i guess when i was maybe 16 or 17 is when i started actually rapping and one of my first experiences with like rapping publicly 
would be, you know, battling people at like school or in the street or, or whatever, you know, what have you. But I think the Wake Up Show CDs was like one of the first times that and like, um, the fuck was it? I think I want to say it was the Blaze battle that was on BET when like the RZA and them was battling, like HBO. that. That was on HBO. I've been, I've been. Yeah, not even, not even the like, HBO one. Not even the HBO one. The one before that, where they showed clips of it on BET, like the RZA was battling. Like the RZA did a yeah, rap yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, RZA, RZA, Capadonna yeah, yeah. were in that one. That one, that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah. And, I think that and like the Juice and Supernatural stuff on the Wake Up Show, like those kind of things, really got me interested. In like, huh, you could do this on a stage. That's interesting. And that's when I kind of like started pursuing like battle rap stuff on the internet and where I could find a rap battle to maybe compete myself in. And that's kind of how you yeah, found out about battling. That's, that's but, but, but really, the, the, honestly, as far as underground shit is concerned, I would really give a lot of credit to those Sway and Tech CDs, to be honest. I learned about a lot of people like your, your Chino XLs and, you know, Planet Asia's and, and everybody, just all these different fucking underground rappers that yeah, I gotta... never would have known that weren't on TV or the radio or, or the popping, you know, like Tupac or Snoop or, or you know, Wu-Tang or something like that, you know? So, um, that was a good place for me to find a lot of random shit. So uh, we just got a question related to that because uh, one of the, the comments is Ismail is like he's excited at the Wake Up Show and he wants to know who your favorite oh, artist so are uh, that you discovered because of it. Like, wow. Um, you know, it's funny, man. I may not be the hugest fan of him now, but honestly, Eminem used to rip shop on the Wake Up Show, man. He used to, that was like when he was doing the, I always liked Eminem better when he was doing like the mixtape freestyle shit. I thought that's where he really excelled, in my opinion, over everything else. And I like you that. You talking version. about like that, you talking about like that murder, murder, my mother's state when he uh, that kind of shit. yeah that go. that kind of like when he would freestyle like over the firm beat and things of that nature yeah but like but i don't know my, my favorite artist god damn my favorite artist from the wake up show that's a really hard one man there's so many i like honestly i got a, a real special place in my heart for juice uh he's one of one of my all-time favorites i think hearing juice on the wake up show for the first time was a very special thing for me as, as a guy who wanted to like be good at freestyling i think that was a very special uh very special moment for me i think crooked eye the first time i heard crooked eye was on the wake up show um there's so many i mean tech nine there's there's just a lot of people that i heard for the first time on the wake up show um yeah a lot of people mm -hmm. that's special i already know i i can i can empathize with the energy right because like in new york city we had like you know flex and like People right, would right. go up there and freestyle, and it was like right. that's some New York City exclusive shit. Right, it's right. different than the like CD stuff that everybody else hears everywhere else. When right. I got on YouTube, uh, there was like a bunch of stuff that I was like, "Yo, why do I have this?" But nobody else, it's not online. Like right. that, like there was Biggie freestyling, unbelievable. Um, yeah. Before unbelievable and ready to die came out, and he was doing it over. Um, yeah, how could you not uh, want I, I forgot what beat that was, but like it's just you know this this type of shit that is just like yeah. yo when you hear and you connect with an artist like that, it's just like yo, bro, this no, is I another agree, level man. special. Ju I'm discovering was, them and I'm Juice was very special uh, and he's still special to me to this day. But like hearing Juice uh, on the Wake Up Show for the first time was very very special, very special experience for me. And I mean Supernatural as well. 
Um, literally, Super Down Juice is one of the first battles that ever made me want to battle on an actual stage. You know what I mean? And or Super Nad versus Craig G, stuff like that. Um, those things got me very excited. Is this the same Juice who won against Eminem in a rap battle? Same guy. He's probably, I mean, to this day, 2021, probably in the top five best freestylers on the planet that I've ever heard. Even to this day, he'll still smoke you off the top of the head. It's really, it's really a different level. And you got to think, too, he got in some kind of car accident where he lost some kind of memory ability to, like, rap or something. He had to learn how to freestyle all over again. And he's fucking, like, even I was better. unaware of that. And he's, like, even better now. It's, like, ridiculous. That's but right crazy. now, Juice, dude, Juice right now is... You guys don't even know what Juice is doing now, man. He's behind the scenes writing big hit records that are going gold and platinum for very big artists right now on the radio. Like, Juice is crushing wow. the game right yeah. now behind the scenes. Like, you real are, talk. He, he's got plaques right now. Awkward. <laughs> I love talking I'm telling to you. you. Juice got plaques right now. Knowledge, bro. If I'm not mistaken, basically you were for way more attracted to battle rap off the jump than, say, trying to make, make songs, unless I misunderstood that. Um... Yeah, I guess in terms of my own artist journey, like I guess I was I was definitely freestyling before I was writing. And it was definitely, you know, once you know, once you're young and, and shit like that, someone's like, Oh, you rap? Oh, I rap too. Well, we should fucking battle. You know what I mean? That's just kinda that's just kinda your first experiences of rapping in public. Uh for me personally, I don't I don't know how it was for everybody, but rapping in public I knew like if I got a crowd around me, I can clown this guy, everyone's gonna love it. Instantly, yeah, easy, instant, instant gratification. I was Big already, facts. I was already clowning on people in school anyway without the rhyming part. So I, I, I knew, I knew it wasn't much of a problem. Mm. So that is interesting to me because one of the things I learned is that that's how a lot of people came up, and that is definitely not my life at all. I'm more of the poetry turn, <laughs> you know, the other version of it. Right, right, right. So then I hear about this, and I'm like, that makes sense now that you were more interested. It's not even like it was a choice to you. It's just that's what it was around you. Well, the thing is, I think when, when I started rapping, I think when I made the choice that I actually want to start rapping, um... You know, obviously music was a goal. We're going to make music, of course. Like, why would you rap if you're not going to make music, you know? But I think battle rap was a more instant thing that was just right there and easy access. You know what I mean? I didn't necessarily have it worked out how I could get into a studio yet when I'm fucking 17, 16 years old and things of that nature. But I know there's some people battling over there. I could go fucking diss this fool and fucking crush him, you know? Uh, so, I mean, but it, it, it was always the goal. I can't say that I wanted to battle more than I wanted to make music necessarily but it, it was it's easy and it's right there it was it was it just ended up being the way that it was no but that's yeah, why it's know. interesting so i don't like asking questions like why did you start rapping because right. this is way more interesting this is yo the facts is you saw that the best way to achieve your bigger goals was to leverage the immediate opportunities in front of you mm -hmm. and that led to you getting into battling and it fit into what you were already comfortable with you were good to it you recognized your skills because we like you know learned earlier that you're able to do that you couldn't identify you couldn't draw so you were just like but i can do this so it's Facts. like in can't a sense you're dropping like ceo shit at like 16 in terms of prioritization and like decision making so that's pretty fucking cool well, i didn't really think of it like that but <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds pretty cool i mean that's what i heard i'm it's just what it is um 
but like it's it's smart though because like a lot of people don't actually take advantage of the opportunities such as like getting into it some people might have been on some ego shit fucked up i'm gonna go do it my well, way you know battling isn't for everybody yeah, yeah. some people aren't built it's, it's, it's some people not just really you yeah. could I've, I've met in new york city i've met a lot of great mcs that they are talented talented artists but battling is just not in yeah. one of their tools it's not, it's and it's not in their wheelhouse and it's just not a thing that they can really do like that and you that don't necessarily take away from how great they are no. and everything mm. else that they do Look, rapping, you right? don't necessarily like, you don't necessarily have to have great bars to make great music that's the thing yeah. that rap is the only genre that holds that shit so sacred you I mean no you don't hear anybody out here being like man garth brooks is wacky and got no bars yeah nah, nobody nobody, says that. nobody. Nah. they all rhyme cat in the hat that's yeah. it. No one cares. It doesn't matter. No, no nah. one's shitting on Beyonce saying, Beyonce, great singing voice. We love the message. We love the beat. You got no bars, Beyonce. Nobody. Nobody, Nobody cares. It doesn't nah. matter. It doesn't matter. This is the only place where it matters. I love that you said that a lot, though. That was a great sentence. I enjoyed that. So let's go back to like just how you got so you're you're like 16 17 and you're doing more of a schoolyard version and you decided to google right. I, I don't know if google is around then you decided to internet mm. pre-google mm. like um, sort of. it was there i guess but i think people were using other ones right more so before Yahoo google really popped off the, like that whatever the early search or however but i think it was there however people interneted prior to google i really don't remember <laughs> slash know that much um so let's say we go with that uh you look into what's available that's the part where you got more interesting with it than other people is how do i get involved with it so it's not just right. the part that it existed and you identified you could do it and then you say how do i get more involved with it that's actually really right. cool so what happened after you decided to internet well you know we don't have uh there's no like organized rap battles in stockton whatsoever so like i think I think the Juice of Supernat thing and that Blaze Battle shit before the HBO Blaze Battle and, and, and like the Supernat stuff with Craig G, that really got me interested in seeing like footage of organized stuff because I never seen like a rap battle on a stage before, you know? Um, it was just like we here and we battling, you know, in your face, no rules, not even necessarily even a beat all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I went on the internet just looking for rap battle footage, and you know, we came across the mcbattles.com website, which was this website uh, my man Tone Def and my other homeboy Alexis had put together, where it was literally, I would say, maybe the first place on the internet where you could find battle rap footage. And uh, it was basically just a back catalog of all of Tone Def's old footage from all the ill New York shit that he was at, all the events that he was at. And that's how they started it. But once it started growing, everybody sent their footage in from everywhere. And then it started like piling up. But it became a place just where you could watch battle footage. Now, it's not granted anything like it is today, where it's beautiful presentation. It looks like a movie. This was like we're talking 56K modems. And you can like it would be to the point where you've watched a battle rapper like five times and you met him in person and you don't even really knew that he looked like that because of the pixelated Rainy, video. Like, oh, pixelated, yeah. That's what you, Aquas just, looks like. Oh, yeah. shit, okay. I just finished finding some old BlackBerry video yeah. footage yeah. on my like hard drive, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" I can barely make out any of the faces. Yeah, you gotta like, 
get like this to hear the fucked up audio over the crowd. Yeah. What did he say? What did he say? Yeah. You know, um, but I think going there, they also had a little message board attached and they would um, post info for any time there was like a battle rap event somewhere. And uh, I think in like 2000 or 2001, there was this big battle rap event going down in San Francisco, an hour and a half away from me, hour and 20 minutes away from me. It's called uh, Mike Check. And uh, the winner gets like flown to Chicago to face the winner of this other battle in Chicago. And we go there and dude, this is the, my first time like really battling on stage and being around what was at that time the current like Bay Area like battle rap scene, you know what I mean? That had been going before me because I'm one of the oldest motherfucking NorCal battle rappers of all time. I'm one of the fucking first ones ever. But like there was a scene before me that was doing it. And when I got there, that's when I met people like Swarm Shogun, which is Fredo's uh, right-hand man who's in a crew with him. Uh, I, I want to say Fredo was battling back then too. Um, you know, fools like Topper. When he went by Top Ramen, he was an OG back then, too. He was he was before me. And uh, I went on stage. It was a really great-looking event. It looked beautiful, man. Uh, I went on stage, first time holding a cordless mic ever, and, like, I was trash. You know what I mean? I was straight trash. You didn't, you didn't know how to hold the mic. That's all. No, I mean, I knew how to hold the mic. I knew how to hold the mic. I was just trash. Like, I, I, like, okay. I, I never had a problem projecting because I'm just loud. But uh, I was just trash. That was my problem. The problem was I was trash. And... Uh, I lost to a guy because he was slightly less trash than me. <laughs> he was also very trash, mind you. Um, I lost in the first round. Straight out the gate. Lost in the first round. It was terrible. It was, it was fucking awful, man. Um, I had a few lines about his clothes and, and stuff like that, but, like, I kept coming back to, like, this crutch of, like, every time I would freestyle, I would say, like, the same, like, fucking filler line. It was terrible. And, uh... So there was another battle in Sacramento a few months later. I signed up for that shit. Same thing. First round, I lose. I'm trash. The dude I lost to is also fucking trash, super trash. And I'm like, man, this battle rap thing is really hard, you know? And uh, fucking um, then another battle happens. <laughs> it's in Tracy, California. And mind you, funny circling back to the MC Hammer talk mc hammer has lived in tracy for a million years anyway uh there's a rap battle in tracy and uh i go there and, and you guys there's a battle rapper named joe cutter and uh his name used to be ko device back then apparently he had won the previous tournament and he was like champion or whatever and i get to this battle in tracy and it's fucking packed packed house it's huge and i go in there and I sign my name up. Nobody knows who I am at all. This is like super fresh, awkward. Nobody knows me. I didn't even have a beard. <laughs> fucking, uh, I, go on, I go on stage and I fucking, they gave me Joe Cutter in the first round. I'm supposed to be like the, they don't know me. I'm the fucking sacrificial lamb for the reigning champion and just get a free first round. You know what I mean? Like that's in their mind what's happening, right? So we go up and I battle Joe Cutter. And for the first time in my life, it fucking works. I fucking destroyed this man in front of a, a crazy packed house. Like every line just had the craziest reaction. Like every single bar, it was so nuts. And uh, from that point on, I just beat everybody after that. 
Nice. It finally started working. After that moment, it just finally something clicked. And from that moment, like, I mean, dude, I've been in the battle rap scene for over 20 years. I can honestly say that of all the different eras that I've battled in, I've maybe got my ass kicked like two or three times out of like hundreds of battles. There's like two or three times where I'm like, okay, you fucking beat me. But like everybody else, in my opinion, I like cooked down near the whole fucking planet. So it's good. I don't know that I'm qualified to really comment on your win to loss ratio, to be honest, but I enjoy Nobody is. It's do. subjective. You know what I mean? It's battle rap. No one can really, you can say but whatever you want. You know I what I mean? I really love what you're saying. I don't even have to admit that I lost anything at all, but I'm just a real guy. No, I think, yo, this is great shit, man. It, just the fact that, like, you got back up and learned to do it great, but, yo, because, yo, luck and shit, luck is a fascinating concept, right? It's like opportunity and preparedness. <laughs> right. And so the opportunity to go and have a moment where you had to go against the champ and prove yourself, maybe it gave you a little adrenaline yeah, or whatever. It was really know? funny because everyone was like, yo, who the fuck is this dorky kid? Like, you know what I mean? Joe Cutter's the champ and he just destroyed everybody last month. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. He's just the first round dude. They put me against him on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole point. But like, and even, I got him out of there. Even though it was, and it adds like the third time was the charm. So that was also true in your story. I enjoyed that, like, because I like the number threes a bunch. Um, yeah, but, it started working from then on, man. But, yo, as of that, you still were involved in, like, a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even know when those battles took place. When were these battles? Uh, well, the one with Joe Cutter is probably maybe 2000, 2001 or something like that. That's serious. So are you able to, like, go into a slower version of what happened next? Because, like, for me, it's yeah. like I literally have no idea. I know there's a lot of words. I know I think I saw you at a Scribble Jams. I kind of know what that is. Yeah, 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 so, like, yeah. to we me, it's like, I don't know. It's not inherent stuff to me. And I appreciate well, what I you're describing. I could just continue the... That's the, it. Let's do it. How it was going. Well, I mean, okay, so the third battle worked, right? So after that, I started winning every rap battle in Northern California. Um, so much to the point, which I'm not saying there was a lot of them, but I, I just was cooking. I, it just, it worked after that point on, everything was just working. And, uh, what was the format? That's, uh, it was all freestyle, um, over a beat, like 30 second rounds, you know, sometimes there's a third round and not, not really all that much, but you know, it's just go on beat freestyle a little bit. But, uh, after, after I won some of the stuff in Northern California and stuff, um, that's when I started getting invited to like the real big tournaments. Um, like uh, at the time, Rocksteady. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dutch. Around that time, Rocksteady was the biggest rap battle in New York City. Is that fair to say? Um, I mean, yeah, probably. In uh, 2001 and 98 and 99. Like, I mean, it's yeah, fair to I say mean, this was the biggest rap battle in New York City. I was. You saying. know what? In in <laughs> 2001 wouldn't be a good like era for me to gauge because that was when I went down south. So like, gotcha, I wouldn't gotcha. have known what was popping. Gotcha. Well, I knew but, as far as battle rap, Rocksteady and Scribble Jam. That's it. You win. Yeah, no, nah, but Rocksteady is the joint. It's, it's always been like a, right. a a big thing in the city. Right. You know, like it's not right. to say like that Rocksteady's not like that's a that's yeah, like a yearly guaranteed. You know, like if you could get. Big. On the rock steady stage, like you're certified, you're standing. Yeah. Like, that's like a, that's like yeah. a, that's like a real, you know, uh, uh, like badge, like and, it and was. co-sign. Most definitely, man. I think uh, around that time, 
<clears throat> after I started winning and uh, having some footage online and whatnot, um, I started, you know, getting invited to these bigger tournaments around the country. And uh, we were talking to people at Rocksteady and uh, it was actually Immortal Technique who had put in a good word for me with the people at Rocksteady. And they uh, accepted me to be in the prelims at the Rocksteady battle. And uh, so I was like, oh, shit, I'm in the real the real battle now. You know what I mean? This is like a, a this is a big tournament. Um, and uh, I fly to New York for the first time, like fucking 18 years old or some shit. Flew to New York, just me and my homeboy. And uh, we went there and I, I beat everybody at the prelims. Um, and uh, I was so excited. Breeze Everflowing was the judge. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? These are guys who I really looked up to. You know, I still look up to them today. They're still highly yeah. influential characters. We have Breeze. We have Breeze yeah, on the show. Breeze, Breeze, <laughs> Breeze is so, Breeze is so, let me just say, I don't know if I've ever said it anywhere probably Breeze is just so incredibly important. Yes. Um, especially to, to my experience coming up as a freestyle battle rapper. Uh, especially in the earliest like formulation of my little battle rap style or whatever, like Breeze Whoa. was very influential. His battle with PH was like something that was very special to me and still is very special uh, to this day. Um, but, uh, you know, I was excited. Breeze was the judge. You know, I mean, Breeze is judging me rap battle. This is crazy. And, uh, you know, I won the prelims. So it means I get to come back the next day for the final day where it's at the big fucking place with the balcony just full of fucking people. It was absolutely ridiculous, man. Uh, I did that battle and uh, I ended up getting second place at Rocksteady. But everybody in the building thought I had first place and it was like a shittiest judgment ever. I feel like I got screwed. Um, it's probably the worst judgment of any battle I've ever been in in my life, I would have to say. Uh, but uh, I went there and I felt good, man. I cooked. When we got on the big stage, I had the place going berserk. Like at that point in my life, 17, 18 years old, I'd never had a crowd that big. We did some big battles, but never one where there was like balcony full of people and all this. So we had the crowd going so nuts, man. And people were fucking slamming their fucking hands on the stage. Like it was. It was yeah. nuts, dude. I remember one of the dudes in the finals was was from New Zealand or some shit. I had this bar like I was just like, "You just got served, motherfucker. Welcome to America!" And everyone just went, Wah! <laughs> back, back then, that type of shit, you could just say yeah, whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and dude, that's it, dude. There was so many people. That was such a fun time, man. I never got to see any of the foot, honestly. It's maybe some of my very best rap battles of all time in terms of the on-beat freestyle era. And I never got to see the footage ever because of crazy. crazy Legs fucking promised me. You promised me. <laughs> nah, man. That's a crazy whole other, that's, that's a whole other right podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> but then after that, I got accepted into Scribble Jam. So I did the Rocksteady thing. When, I mean, and Rocksteady, after I did that battle, that's when I met everybody in New York. That's when, you know, PH and everybody. I had been talking to PH before online, but this is when I met everybody for real. You know what I mean? And yeah. Penn and everybody like that. This is a long-ass time. I've known these Penn is here. Penn is here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Penn, is, Penn, is, Penn is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's when, I met, that's when I met everybody from that whole scene. Everybody that – because mind you, too – as someone from the West Coast, if you were watching rap battles on the internet at that time, 
there wasn't no footage from the West Coast. You know what I mean? I'm watching all of Tone Def's back catalog. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in tune with more so the New York guys at that time than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Because there was just way more battles happening at the time. You got to yeah. understand, like, before the West Coast became this huge battle rap scene, you know, I, me and some other people had to do some work first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at the time, you know, me being cool with PH and Tone Def, like, it was very, it was very cool to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the guys that I've been watching battle other than you know your juice and supernatural and, and what have you but then i went to scribble jam and uh you know everything changed after that that's where i met everybody at scribble jam i lost the first round of scribble jam every single year except one year the last scribble just the last miserable fucking sad scribble jam when you everyone could tell it was dying i finally made it past the first round <laughs> i feel like i won that shit just because I made it past the first round finally. But uh, that's when I just started going to all the other battles. And then, you know, everything transitioned from the freestyle overbeat stuff to the acapella YouTube stuff. And I happened to, I guess, be there at a perfect timing in the beginning stages um, where I was able to make a big impact in a certain point of uh, that whole development of that era. And uh, it really kind of set me for life and kind of, got me just unlimited doors open for me for life really is how we kind of reach this point i guess okay so can you go into more about how scribble jam works yeah well scribble jam at the time was probably i would say the most prestigious rap battle that you could win at the time in terms of the freestyle on beat type of rap battles and it was a festival in ohio that they had for several years and uh Big crowds, like four or 5,000 people there every year. Just huge festival, man. Concerts, graffiti walls, break dancing battles, DJ battles. And just one of the most popular parts of it became the MC battle, naturally. And, uh, you know, getting invited to Scribble Jam was a big thing. I battled there, I think, maybe three or four times. And uh, it's just a crazy event. You just meet everybody there, man. You could have fucked around and met Eminem there one year, you know. Uh, fucking everybody was there all the underground dudes you'd be around slug lp aesop rock fucking any of those guys brother ali That's max so lethal cool. sage francis you know any of those type of guys um and where were where were where were these events like you said it was ohio. Years, like what yeah it was in uh cincinnati ohio every year every year every year every year um <clears throat> But, yeah. uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was a big battle, but I think just over the years, um, I honestly don't know how it, how it, um, kind of fell off. I don't know how, um, but they kept pushing it back one year and it was just, if you ever watch old scribble jam videos, everyone's always in like tank tops and shorts. If you ever, if you ever watch an old scribble jam battle, but if you watch the very last scribble jam year, everyone's in jackets and it's fucking cold. Cause they pushed it back to like fucking November or some shit. And it was fucking weird. And it was just an eerie feeling. We know it's the last one. There's less people here. It's fucking cold. What the fuck is going on here? You know, that's, that's what the last scribble jam was like. Um, but, uh, I don't know how it ended, but probably some so kind of budget is issue. Is it like a I understand. festival? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was a festival. It was a great experience, man. It was one of the, Funnest. The first time I ever went to Scribble Jam was like a very monumental experience, man. It was a really fun time, and I was young. I wasn't even old enough to drink. 
Can you and I was competing at Scribble Jam. Because, like, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, sometimes piece it together. I know what Scribble Jam is in theory, and I understand its right. significance to stuff. But, like, to – and then I see the videos of the ciphers and the peoples, and you, you get a sense right. of the vibe. But, like, you know, tell us about, like, oh, actually being at Scribble Jam. That, like, okay. I think a lot of people would love to hear more about that. Okay, well, I guess it seemed kind of like a – Almost like a fucking like a Woodstocky kind of experience. I never been to Woodstock, but it would kind of remind probably less mud, I would say, but um, and no tents. But uh, you know, there was this hotel. You know, well, I, okay, let me let me rewind a little bit. If you go on the Scribble Jam website, they have lists of like suggested hotels, like where you you know people would stay in that area and things of that nature, right? So when you get to Scribble Jam initially, before you even get to the actual event, all the hotels are popping off, first and foremost. So it's just party with a bunch of random ass people. Mind you, I'm not even 20 yet. I'm like 18, maybe. And we're meeting people from all right, over the world. You can't drink people from Germany. Yeah, people from that. well, I mean, I mean, people from Germany, people from Canada, people from fucking Brooklyn, people UK. From, yeah, people from Maine. You know what I mean? People from fucking Idaho. You know what I mean? Like, just you, you meet all these people. You walk up into your hotel room. There's people in the parking lot freestyling. And everyone's like, you here for Scribble Jam, bro? And like fucking, you know, everyone's having a good time. And and then you meet all these people from every people that I still, you know, know to this day that weren't even on some music shit, just people that were cool, you know, that were just nice people and had good vibes. Um, but you get there and it's just like, you know, there's a concert. There's always someone really dope performing every year you know they've had big daddy kane they've had fucking uh you know atmosphere um well it's mf doom okay, anybody you could think of down near lp fucking uh all those type of guys all the usual characters in that in that scene but then they've had i think like de la soul and you know they'll always have like one huge headliner you know um but uh you know there's concerts every night there's like a meet and greet concert all the rap battles of Chris, just everybody partying, people selling their merch out in the crowds, just thousands of people walking around, selling their merch, freestyling, fucking battling each other. You know, we'd be getting in fights with people out there. Like, it's just wild shit, man. You know, no can do through a chair through someone's window. It's, it's get, it gets serious. Yo, I, I jump kicked Franco on accident one time. That's I was trying to is, kick somebody is, else, but the second time Franco. both those names are named on the show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try to figure out a way to get to No Can. No oh, Can, easy, man. Like, we met one time, him. and the one time that we met, like, uh, like I was like, yo, this is the homie, bro. Like, oh, I No Can's like, one of the... Immediately, like, we got along fucking right. spectacular. Like, I was like, oh, yo, man. This, no Can's this one of the best right people here, in the world, man. Heavy. I fuck with his vibes and his energy heavy. He's one um, of the best people in the world, man. Yeah, one he's of, super cool. So one of three people... One of three people that's kicked my ass in the rap battle mm. in my whole life. But honestly, yeah. I know what a Franco is. On some, I investigated somebody else who was battling him at a Scribble Jam parking lot, and that was what I was picturing was Franco. And that's how I know Yeah, Franco was in a lot of thesaurus. Dude, you know how many people I've seen thesaurus just annihilate in Scribble Jam ciphers, never know. to be seen I on camera, never, no camera, know. just <clears throat> lots, lots of poor souls had to get fucking annihilated man it's you know so it's, it's kind like, of like a free-for-all if anything it's like what it's a melting see. pot of everybody bringing their shit together everybody exchanging cd you leave scribble jam with like 35 cds 
minimum every year. She, you didn't buy any of them. You know what I mean? It's just everybody's got their shit. And then there's merch tables. Maybe you'll buy some shit. Um, it, it was a crazy time, man. So it's, 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 thought, it's, so it's way more than just like the battles. It's like a giant yeah, oh, networking way more. But I think I think to like sense. the people on the internet, the battle became the most popular thing. But the actual event is so much more, man. I mean, the DJ battles were fucking nuts, dude. Like, I saw some DJ battles that were pretty fucking intense where dudes beat Juggle Scratch Bastard beat juggling the fucking Star Wars theme from a beat juggle. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Nah, the shit that what? you see in a, in a DJ battle, Crazy. And, like, even the B Boy battles, like, those, Crazy. like, the shit that you see. You'd be like, what the fuck? I got to tell you guys, man, I tried every element of hip hop before I reached rapping. I said, there's no, I said, there's no way I can fucking rap. Let me try all the other ones first. And I was so garbage at all the other ones. <laughs> that is amazing. Like just oh yeah, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna rap. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna fucking rap. First of all, we'll put that on the very last. That's last resort. We'll try that one. Break dancing don't Yo, work. You know how you know how that that is hilarious in the in a. I've been having I've been having this continual conversation in my personal life about children not understanding things properly and like myself as like mm. a child. Not understand the thing that I was talking about was like thinking like a dumb kid that like right. if I got close enough to the screen I might be able to see like down the chicks like like right, you know right. Think, like right because like <laughs> when you're hitting that like that age you know and right. like but just so dumb so dumb right so dumb to think like well not say you are dumb as well because I was dumb right <laughs> but, I probably was but <laughs> I was super extra dumb I was extra younger right so I had that on my side as well you know <laughs> but like to think that, that that you're gonna fucking like DJing is so much harder like there's so oh, much equipment that goes into that so, so much expensive money, so much no so way. expensive and no then even way. <laughs> even even um graffiti is like yo that becomes expensive with the cans like you but you then that goes back things. to the umbrella of I can't draw and, you know and you mean? can't draw back you know I can't draw I can't draw you know what I mean but DJ is by far the most difficult one of the four by far that without a serious. doubt without I... a doubt. And honestly, and even on the low, mind you guys, on the low, I'm going to buy a turntable. We're dropping some vinyl this year, so I'm going to buy a turntable. And I'm going to be practicing on the low. I'm not even going to lie. I've always been fascinated. I've always been very fascinated with scratching and turntablism. So we're going to be practicing a little bit. I'd like to someday at a, at a live performance be able to be like, hey, scoot over to the DJ for one second. Like, let me show you guys something. You know, I, I would like to incorporate that in my set some way, but I got to learn it first. But that was the first one I tried, man. That was the first one I tried, but it's it horrible. I couldn't afford turntables. I had to just do it at my friend's house. That's complicated. Um, and it's hard. It's very so hard. I got another question then. We talked a bit about, hey, thank you for the scribble jam context. Because, again, it's hard to, like, contextualize it. That's mm -hmm. the truth of it. Uh, right. So you explaining it, okay, it adds flavor, and then more people. I got kicked out of Scribble it. Jam one time, man. I had Why? to sneak back in. What did you do? Because I was, uh, I wasn't old enough to drink. Someone, someone at the bar bought me a drink. I was drinking that drink, and security rolled up on me ever so smoothly because clearly, if you're drinking, you have this bright wristband. So okay. if I'm drinking and I don't have it, clearly something's up. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't care. I'm a fucking kid. I'm in Ohio for the first time. I don't care. But I'm drinking. And, uh, you know, security runs up to me and he said, hey, let me see your ID. And <laughs> me knowing I'm damn well not 21, I just immediately, as soon as he said, let me see your ID, I just drank the, all of the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I drank all of it. And I said, sir, I'm not 21. <laughs> I said, I'm not 21. And he said, you have to leave. I'm like, I'm entered in the battle and shit. You know what I mean? And uh, I get outside and... Uh, some people recognized me uh, from Battle Rap or whatever in the parking lot, and they had just bought some T-shirt at some fucking, uh, like, somebody's merch table or something. They gave me a T-shirt. I hopped the fence and went back in with a different shirt on. Awkward, you're amazing. Thank you. Legend, legend, legend stuff right that's, there. I'm too cowardly that's the stuff to do things like that. Of, like, I think I was 19. I think I might have been 19. Might have been 19. Yeah, no, that's why, you know? Yeah, I was just in school at 19 not doing exciting things like that i worked at a video store like just for context okay hey that's fire though a video store that that's fire though i'm not mad at that at all no, i'm not yeah. mad at it either i it's tried to nice. work at a video store one time man um they tried to make me the manager of a blockbuster once upon a time like fucking 20 years ago or some shit and uh shouts to blockbuster yo shouts i got to a different they, they offered me a different job somewhere else so i had to go somewhere else but once upon a time i could have worked at a video store yeah, it's pretty late. Shouts to Blockbuster. Being able I just to... finished watching that documentary. Me that. too. Me too. I was interested. <laughs> well, in that. No, I was, I was, that was my whole era. That was my whole era. Dude. But that, yeah. I was I was working at the competitor in, in Montreal while that went right. down and they were dying. It was so fascinating. I mean, it's it's not relevant. It's crazy. Way, but it's fascinating it's crazy, to me. Man. Yeah, it's a good Netflix job. is a cold piece, man. How you kill somebody and make a documentary on how you yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely that was fire. That was dumb fire. That's great. Uh, Blockbuster like, nah, did it. Too. Have big it flex. Platform. That's a big flex, big flex right there. Big flex. Me and the wife was talking about that when we were watching it. Like, yo, oh, that's cold. He really man. did that. Like, that's a big flex. It, yeah, man. Sheesh. Yo, Blockbuster did a lot of dirty things, regardless of Netflix. Anyway, they were not a good people's. But um, I, I like to say, uh, I had another question just to like run it back a bit. Because you also have music out. I know that because somebody yeah, yeah. talked about a Kung Fu mixtape <clears throat> or something that oh, you okay. made right. in one of your battles. So evidently, right, right. at some point in time, you started making music and you decided right, to right. rap. And I was wondering when that was. When did you make your first song? When did the first awkward song happen? Well, you know, I'd kind of been rapid, you know, recording almost the whole time, I would say. I would say by um, maybe by the end of junior year or something, I had figured out how to like record a little bit, I guess. <laughs> no, no, by, by no means the standard of what we record now, but um, a little shitty mic, a little Radio Shack mic, and I could at least rap or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, by the end of high school or something, probably I was recording, dabbling a little bit. I think for one of my projects in school, I would fucking recorded a rap or something like that. And all the teachers loved it. <laughs> I love that. But uh, I think, yeah, probably the first songs, maybe like 99 or 2000 or something like that, that I probably ever recorded. Um, but in, re in reference to the uh, martial arts little project, I was just a big Jackie Chan nerd when I was a kid. And uh, I always liked the music that was in the Still movie. love Jackie Chan. He's I know that about He's the greatest. He's the greatest. But that's a whole other podcast. But uh, I always loved the music in his movies. So I just, I just did a quick little EP where uh, my boy Seth um, sampled a bunch of Jackie Chan movies. It was like, we did like 2007 and we had uh, 
had it out for free because it was all clearly sampled. We couldn't sell it. Um, but we it kind of lightweight went viral on some weird like martial arts shit. And uh, we had got like 50,000 downloads, which at the, in 2007 was pretty fire. Um, that was before early you know, internet. Yeah, yeah. It was before grind time and, you know, things of that nature were, were really popping off for me like that. So, um, but we, were you, you know, on I, MySpace? Fuck you, yeah, of course. I was on Friendster, baby. Yeah, I know, I know what that Friendster. is. <laughs> what y'all know about Friendster? I, was, um, I remember that. It was green, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I was making music the whole time. I've been working with, you know, I think in 2004, I did a song with Tech Nine. Um, that That's... was like the first, like, really big collaboration I did. Um, how did you, know, you get, we worked how with, did, I guess, because you met these people via your networking? <clears throat> Well, I just I know a lot of people in Kansas City. I've been in, in and out of there doing shows for many years. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of mutual friends and I was able to contact him that way and uh, just, you know, set something up. And when he was in when he came to the Bay Area at one point, we just linked up and got it done. And uh, that was probably like the first like real big collaboration I did, I would say. And since then, I mean, we worked with Method Man, uh, we worked with Slug, Mr. Fab, E-40, federation like tons tons of big names holden, holden was just telling me about him discovering your uh slug feature right um, right and being super excited he's a big he's a big uh Yo, atmosphere is lit I mean, hey slug is slug is amazing man um slug, slug could really rap dude a lot of people tried to emulate his style and took off with it um but but slug slug could really rap and if you know him as a person like He's he's a real solid dude, like for real. He's a good guy. He's always been extremely good to me, always. Sure. Always doing my podcast. Send me a verse if I need it. You know what I mean? When when he <laughs> we did a show. He, well, I don't say we did a show. He had a sold out show in Sacramento, and I came out just a kick. I was like, oh, you're in town. I'm gonna come watch the show. You know, I came out to the show, and this motherfucker calls me on stage to freestyle with him out of nowhere. I was like, excuse me. You know what I mean? The crowd's packed, and we killed it. You know, it was really, yeah. you know. Nah, I seen you posting about nice. that. And it just he's the way always, that you posted yeah, about it, random, I felt man. like I was there. Hey, it was, it was crazy, man. I did not expect it at all. That's yeah, that so cool. Got to uh, stay ready. That's the thing about rapping. You got to stay ready, man. Stay well, that is a big knowledge ready. nugget. Because then, you know what? What if I'm like, you know, because then you got to picture the other version. Like, you're a victim of your own success, but you're unprepared. So you come through, right. and then you're at the show, and Slug calls you up, and you haven't practiced your freestyling, and then, boom, right. you're not sharp, and it's not right. Like... But, you know, freestyling, it saves your ass, bro. It could save you on so many multiple occasions, especially over a beat with a big crowd. You say one line, everyone goes crazy. <laughs> like, you could say gibberish for, like, 10 seconds, and no one will even notice. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Until the it. crowd simmers down, then you hit them again, make them go ah, and then you just whatever the fuck, and then whoo, you know. That is amazing. I like the. But I mean, a lot of that, heads. a lot of the reason that we have relationships with people like that is because we put the grind in so long. Like at Scribble Jam, like that's where I met Slug. You know what I mean? I met yeah. Slug because I knew Mac Lethal, and the first time I seen Mac Lethal in person. He happened to be standing next to Slug, and he was like, "Yo, Slug this is awkward. He's, he's you know, a good battle rapper." Da da da. And then now I know, you know, now we know Slug. Yes. And it's just, just kind of in passing, you just met so many people, man. You know, even in passing, I met so many. People. We met like Macklemore in passing before he blew up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was doing I know songs. A lot of the homies say that yeah. like they knew Macklemore. Yeah, yeah. 
He was doing yeah. songs with uh, he was doing songs with Ilmac and all of them. They've got yeah. tons of songs with with Macklemore. Like he, he was really he was really you may have even ran into him in passing and didn't know it, bro. Like he's been yeah. around. Um, it's a possibility. He's been around. Like so, just in passing, you run into so many different people, man. When I used to when I used to host when I used to throw the draft league events. Sour would tell me about so many people that like were there, there and I'd be like, what? They were there? Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm always so focused on the task of getting yeah. the event to go down yeah. the right way that yeah. I'm like, everybody else is a blur. Like everything yeah. else is a blur. Like the most important thing is making sure everything goes down in a timely manner and that the footage Oh yeah, you're the, you the stressed guy. You're yeah. the stressed guy of the evening. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> If it counts, I'm also the stress guy. Um, so what happens? Yeah, after- music. I mean, music is a whole different mission. You know, there was a lot of years that I didn't even battle, and I was touring and doing shows and doing shows overseas and 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 things of that nature. You know, um, music has has took me a lot of random places, just as battle rap has. But I think battle rap overall, obviously, is like the thing that shined the biggest light on me to like get opportunities to do things like that. So or to write for a TV show or to work at a radio station or to do this or that or whatever, all the other random weird shit that I do. I know. I would love to hear more about those too, for real, though. Um, but yeah, so, no, I know. Wherever, I know. We're I'm at here, Scribble bro. Jam in the timeline. I my head, right, that's where right. the pin is okay. at. So that's why I'm saying, okay, that's fair. Then, uh, I mean, you know, said, I mean, I think that we're, you know, holding, like, I think that we're far enough into it, right? Where, like, we can deviate because I'm dying to really talk Yo. to awkward about this Black method man. Any, and anytime, anytime you want, anytime that the, you want the, to interrupt and go on a tangent, we can. I'm, I'm keeping yeah, track bro, of the like, main story. Me, <laughs> because it's a the, like the relationship with meth. I know you know, and it's blessed. But like, yo, the fact that you and like blindy, like the way that y'all got to go on what's the name of the show again? On drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> And like crazy, get man. to get a check crazy, from crazy. doing what you like know crazy. and love, right? Crazy. Like, crazy. like that's amazing. So like tell people like how this thing in your life came about, like period. Okay. Like how was it? I guess is how I met Meth, I guess, at this point. Um uh, I think one day I was on Twitter and I saw I didn't even know Method Man had Twitter. And I saw Method Man, I think, was like communicating with disaster on Twitter. And I was like, oh, shit. First of all, I'm like, oh, shit, Method Man has Twitter. And then I'm like, oh, shit, Method Man knows who disaster is. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, that's crazy. You know? So I follow Method Man immediately. I'm like, yes, this is good. And uh, next thing I know, a couple minutes later, I get a notification. Method's followed me back. And now we start tweeting each other. I was like. Wait, you know who I am too? What the fuck? You know what I mean? That kind of just like blew me the fuck away, you know, because it's funny as battle rap gets more popular and you know, is on when YouTube really took off and these guys are really getting big and celebrities start coming into the picture. Um certain celebrities pick their their favorite guys that, that they fuck with. You know what I mean? Like you got yeah. your Nick your Nick Cannon fucks with Khan. And Hitman Holla. I'm sure he's probably seen me before, but he's probably just not a big fan, or or, mm-hmm. or I'm not his favorite one that he yeah, wants yeah. To my fucking show, right? Some people, yeah. some people Drake likes them. Some people, yeah. you know, Lupe Fiasco likes somebody, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just yeah. never would have thought 
out of all the celebrities that could have possibly reached out and fucked with me, that it would end up being Method Man. Method Man. I'm yeah. so just like blown away. It could have been Lupe Fiasco. Oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, but you know what? I'm glad that you said that because something that I've said on here before, um, and that I say, period, right? When I liken battle rap to things, right? Like I, I liken it to. Um, MMA and more so than anything because I'm like in, in the UFC context, right? right? Because like I always look at it like, yo, you can't get out of the U or it used to be true that you right. can't get out of a career in the UFC without losing and you can't get out of battle rap without exactly. losing. That's and right. and um, and it's a one-on-one type of thing where it's not a team sport and nobody can save your ass when you're in there in, in the in the middle of that, you know what I mean, circle. So like, and battle rap, uh, like another thing is like seeing it gra- like become what it's become. Like it's become very sports-like. Uh, that's oh, why I liking so. it to, so. to that because you see all the, Kevin Durant being a fan of DNA. It's like every right. famous person picks it's their seen, battle everyone's rap. Everyone's seen a rap battle. Like everyone's it's their, seen like, a rap it's, like it's like 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 we're like we're, like, we're fucking. <laughs> Uh, Pokemon cards and shit. Right, you know, right, like, right. Like, right. nah, this is my Pokemon. You right. know what I mean? Like, I play with such and such. You know, right. that's my guy. Right. That's who right. I hedge my bets on, you know? Right. And now, now we see Topanga is like a, a Chilla Jones fan, you know? Yeah, like, Topanga's cool as shit, man. I met her one time cool as well. Shit. Um, but I get, uh, you know, it, it's just an interesting situation, man. Um, I think from, from there, you know, we tweeted a couple times. And then there was like a rap battle in LA. You know, we had talked about vaguely like next time you're in Cali, you know what I mean? Maybe we'll meet up or sometime or something. You know what I mean? And uh, turns out he had a a show, pretty big show with Redman and some other people um, in LA at the same time that a rap battle was going on in LA, a King of the Dot battle. It was, I think, uh, man, I want to say like fucking Thesaurus versus Big K or something like that. Like that or Chiller versus Daylight or something like that. Like one of those, like, or it could have been Daylight and Clips. One of those times in LA right there. But I mean, fucking Meth is clearly in the audience of the battle. So you'll, you guys can figure it out later at home. But yeah. that event uh, is the first time I met Meth for the first time. And it was crazy, crowded battle rap event. I'm thinking, you know, you're a celebrity. You probably got some people with you. Got some meth just pulled up, literally solo, walked through the battle rap crowd like a fucking knife through butter. Just, you know what I mean? No, no. It, it helps him. He's like tall as shit. He's you know huge, I mean? man. Like, and that's another that's not, thing, man. It's not, it's not most no famous dude, people. You know most what I mean, like it's not like he's gonna struggle to get right. that crowd. Meth most famous people is little, bro. People, you know what I mean? And his energy is just gonna cause everybody to already be turned around and moving out of his way. You know, For real. like it's meth. Like For real. It's, it's, most. Most famous people is mad small. So when you meet a famous person that's actually big, you're like, holy shit, finally, there's actually, so this person's actually a really big person. Um, yeah. But I actually met Meth in person there and he had a, uh, he had a, uh, a concert that night, like I was saying, he, he invited me and my whole squad that I had with me, like five people I had with me to this fucking concert uh, that they had in LA. And that whole night is just a crazy story in itself. But um, we ended up linking up with him. And, uh, you know, from that point on, pretty much any time he came to California, we were kicking it. You know what I mean? I went to a rave with him and Redman on fucking Halloween one year. And it was probably the most ridiculous Halloween of my life. And 
That that sounds like some like meth is like, just like the most the most realest human that like it just gives you hope, man. Because sometimes you meet people that you that you're fond of, and they're not such cool people. They're not so nice in real life. And when you meet yeah. someone like Method Man, honestly, it really gives you hope that like, damn, there are some elite people out there that are mm -hmm. actually real, real, real genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Method Man is one of those people, man. Um, make sure just everyone's taken care of. He's just the coolest motherfucker ever. So anyway, fast forward. I'm leaving the gym one day. I'm in my car shaking my fucking protein drink. And my fucking phone rings. And it's uh, essentially speaking to Panga's husband. Calling or, who is, by the way, the cinnamon toast crunch cinnamon guy. toast crunch guy, exactly. Cinnamon toast crunch guy. He's got it's the craziest life. He's got the craziest life. That's a whole other podcast. Facts, but facts. Uh, he calls me. Jensen Carp calls me, and he says, "We're doing a battle rap TV show that Method Man is hosting with uh, Justin Bieber's wife Haley Baldwin, and uh, Method Man specifically asked." for you to come on the show to like help write and teach celebrities how to battle rap. I was like, wow, of course, of course I'll do it. You know, I guess uh, my name got said in the office uh, before meth was in the picture. <laughs> there was a couple writers that are from the 209 actually. And they, we go back and they mentioned me right away and they had heard of me, but it wasn't like a deal sealer until they asked Method Man, who do you need on the show? And Method Man said, myself, disaster, hollow, Blimey and Carter Deems, and uh, yeah, pretty solid lineup, right? Um, disaster didn't didn't work out. Um, he, you know, disaster's disaster. We'll get a disaster's disaster. That's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, shouts to disaster. Shouts to Diz, man. One of the, the goat. Um, but yeah, we we got to work on a TV show where basically uh. Celebrities are rap battling each other over a beatbox. And I got to meet just some of the most, just being on a TV set. I got to be in like four of the world's biggest movie studio sets in the whole world. You know what I mean? Like fucking crazy shit. Like really got to see. So that's like Hollywood. a real, like you got to finally be on like a real set yeah. set. Like yeah, this it is was, a set set. It's, it's like not, Sony, it's you know like what I mean? There's like venom posters in the background, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, shit, this is where they filmed Roseanne and fucking Mary mm -hmm. Tyler Moore show and shit. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I got to meet, man, who else? My, probably my fondest memory of the show was when I got to work one-on-one -on -one with Tay Diggs. It was just ridiculous. It was just like, it was, it was a surreal experience teaching Tay Diggs to rap. Word. And he wasn't bad already by himself, mind you, because, you know, he's Ooh. been in situations like that where he's had to rap. But um, we really refined his battle rap style. And he went out there and killed it. And all the producers loved it because it was a time like Jerry Springer and Ricky Lake were also battling on that episode. So they needed a lot of help with like right. rapping. So like all hands on deck, Ricky Lake, Jerry Springer. And the producer pulled me aside and was like, you think you can handle Tay Diggs on your own? And I'm just like, can I handle Tay Diggs on my own? Shit. <laughs> you know? And uh, I just got to yeah. kick him with Tay Diggs for like two hours, man, teaching him to rap. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is yeah. ridiculous, man. He is such a nice guy. And there are just points, I like, think, like just moments of us creating the, you know, the whole aesthetic of his verse. 
times where it's like almost like a mini awkward Tay Diggs concert over a beatbox. We're just repeating the lines at the same time together. Like we're just rapping at each other. Like some of those moments are so, that's like some of the coolest shit I've ever done in my life ever. Just such a crazy, surreal moment. Just me and Tay Diggs rapping to each other. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Now that's dope as fuck. Like ridiculous. that's definitely one of those things where it's just like, that's dope. Like ridiculous. look at my life. Like, like your life could be way fucking worse. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. Like, you could have not had that experience. No, yeah, that experience man. is ridiculously cool. I don't know why anyone would think it wouldn't be. Like, first of yeah, all, yeah, no, what cool validation Crazy. is it? Like, you get to be, you're, you're such a specialist in your field that you yeah. got paid as a consultant to help celebrities mm -hmm. do something. I mean, yeah. as far as I understand the US of A, that's the highest praise. Absolutely, and it felt good. And even at times when, you know, we're um, we're watching the taping of the show, I'm in like a VIP balcony, like watching down. There was one time where Topanga and John Mayer were standing right next to me on this balcony, and we're watching this show get taped. Right, and the show's over. It would probably be the time when like the credits are rolling or some shit in the show, and Method Man looks up at the balcony. And he takes a second when all the music is off to acknowledge me, not fucking John Mayer or even Topanga. Because <laughs> shouts yeah. to my boy Awkward, he's a battle rap legend. If you want to see how the real battle rap stuff works, go look him up. Oh, and shouts to John Mayer. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> that's, was, that, that is dope. That, yeah, you know, you know what, what I mean? Fucking dumb man. boss. Like, what? Crazy. Craziness, man. Yeah. Uh, just. A ridiculous time, man. I, I met Kendall Jenner up there. Just crazy stuff, man. I'm not a huge, like, Kardashian guy or whatever, but, like, when you meet a Kardashian, it's just crazy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Some yeah, of the most yeah. famous people on earth. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? absolutely. And the way that I met her was just crazy because I was working with their friend, Luca Sabat, who's, like, a model, and he's on the show oh, Grownish yeah, nah, and stuff like I, that, right? I already know who Luca Sabat is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we was, we was kicking it tough. I was, I was teaching him to rap. And we're in his dressing room and we're just rapping the same type of shit I was doing with Tay Diggs. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and I'm, my back is to the door. So I answer the door. I open the door. It's fucking Kendall Jenner in front of my face. No clue this is going to happen. You know what I mean? I just open the door, I'm like, what the fuck? It's Kendall Jenner. I was just like, hi. I was like, hello. And I just like got out of the way. She came in and was just kicking with us because, you know, Luca is her homie. And they were just talking like, oh, what yeah, you yeah. What are you gonna do later? You know what I mean? They're just like fucking chilling. It was it was uh, interesting. It's lots of weird shit, man. I met Justin Bieber's dog at uh, Drop the Mic. That's wow. That's, all, that's all of that is cool. Everything you said. Justin there was... Bieber's dog, though. Justin Bieber's dog. Most... What was he? What was it? I don't know what the what the one of the one of those little you know the type of dog oh, you would little, think little tall, little small yeah, like a type of dog like Paris Hilton would have. Mm. Word word word. That's incredible. Like, what was it like watching um, other people spit your bars on TV? Or was it spitting coaching? Was... Or was it, did you write that? Yeah, well, here the thing is, I was there to coach. My job was the bars are written. It's my job to get them to say them correctly and make any edits that we need to make from the original bars so that it fits on B better. Because mind you, most of this shit is written by comedians who are not rappers. So sometimes some of the lines will just be super fucking long. This shit ain't gonna fit. You know what I mean? So um 
I'll take it and we'll kind of go over it and I'll make my edits and then we'll go over it with the celebrity and if, see what words they have problems saying and, and things of that nature. And then we have to make edits and get it back to the, the main people. Someone has to approve it. Then they have to give it to the teleprompter and change it in the teleprompter so they can fucking see it when it comes down. And uh, so that's that was what my job was. But there was my first day that I ever there, there was a fluke occasion when I got to write some bars for the show. And I just, just me in general, I showed up early, like I always do to everything. And uh, I get there. I, I, get there. That. I get there and uh, I sit down. I'm just kind of waiting for shit to pop off because I'm, you know, it's not even time for me to be here yet. I'm sitting at the desk in like essentially the writer's room. I'm talking to like uh, a few of the comedians and like Roan is there and we're, you know, we're just kicking it. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I think Dumbfounded came walking in and, uh, there was a time the producer comes walking in and he like puts a, he lays a script on the ground. He's like, okay, Nicole Richie is here and she doesn't like this line, this line, this line, and this line. We need 12 bars right now. And everyone's like, you know what I mean? Like all the writers are on the tail. I'm not a writer. Okay. But they look like they might've needed some help. Like they worked on this long and hard and now they're like, fuck 12 more bars. You know what I mean? And we need it in like five minutes before rehearsal starts. You know what I mean? It was like, this, we need this now. You know what I mean? So I stepped in and gave a couple of ideas and a bunch of my shit ended up making in the show. And one of my favorite lines that I had wrote, actually, they liked it so much that they put it in the fucking commercial, like in the trailer of the episode. So I got to see my bar like on a fucking commercial. Not only did I get to hear James Corden rap my bar to Nicole Richie live in person like three times, and meet James Corden and all that shit. But I got to see it on the commercial too. And E.T. online is like quoting my bar, like on fucking, you know what I mean? Entertainment tonight. That's dope. Tripping me out, man. Uh, but yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a bar that connected pretty hard. Cause they were trying, they were like, why don't you say a line about, you know, Nicole Richie getting the DUI recently? I was like, well, she didn't like this line, but it's okay to talk about the DUI. Okay. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But so I'm trying to think specifically, okay, we could make up a line about you getting a DUI, but like what's something that James Corden specifically could say to her about her DUI that nobody else could say? So I came up with the line. I forget what the setup was. The comedian made it weird, but the fucking the, the punchline is uh I do karaoke in my car. You have a breathalyzer in yours. And that was the bar. And fucking that shit made the commercial. And it was crazy. Because, you know, uh, James Corden does the car karaoke yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant bar. And uh, I just wanted it to be specific. You know what I mean? Like, what anyone could talk about a yeah. DUI. But, like, James Corden could really say this here. Yeah. And be more impactful. Mm -hmm. And uh, even over... A dumb, like a, I don't want to say a dumbed down audience, but they really didn't want any kind of technical bars whatsoever. So mm -hmm. for someone to just, any random person would know what that means. So yeah. that was, that was a couple of times. I got to wrote it, write a couple for Nicole Richie for James Corden as well. I edited some of David Arquette's stuff and um, Brian Tyree Henry as well. I got to work with, um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience, man. We got to, we did From it for Atlanta. seasons. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper yeah, boy. He yeah. needed like no help because he was already a fucking rapper on TV. He is really good already. Yeah. Really told him like two things, like yo, fix this and this, you're done. Bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same with Trevor Jackson. He's already a musician. 
he was making up his own bars by the end of it. He was like, dude, you're good. We don't have to do shit for you. You know what you're doing. You know, it's people, it's people like Ricky Lake and Jerry Springer that needed the help more so. Of course, though. Yeah, Chris sense. Jericho. Chris Jericho was uh, apparently a tough one. Fascinating. Because um, he is a musician. So it's fascinating that Chris Jericho. <laughs> right. The musicians artist. did really good, man. Vanessa Hutchins was probably the best one that I'd ever seen. She killed it so hard. She was putting her own fucking cadence on the flow and everything. Like she was destroying shit. I, I really like Jennifer, uh, Vanessa Hutchins, excuse me. I didn't. I mean, uh, it makes sense though, because they, they understand music. You know what I mean? She's like, real. She like, she did an amazing job. Like, uh, I didn't get to work on that one. I was just, uh, helping with the rehearsal a little bit, but she killed it. I really appreciate you sharing that stills. That is cool, awkward. It's like you're a cool guy. Yeah, no, that's cool as fuck, bro. Cool. Thanks, cool man. as fuck, bro. It was, really, it was a really fun <laughs> like, time. I'm just sitting yeah, here going, man. and this guy's talking to me. <laughs> you know, like, so <laughs> at that point, I'm like, wow, that's fucking blessed. Like, yo, you're, you're just so grounded. You're just so, and, and in the middle of it, yo, I show up early. That's why my bar hit the trailer. Facts. Don't Big be late, facts. That's the cherry gem right there. That's the knowledge nugget. I wouldn't have been able to write for the show. It was a fluke. It was a fluke that turned into the trailer. Which is like, but it's Crazy. attached to like just your character and the way that That's you dope. are. Because like it's important to recognize that Awkward is a legend for these kinds of reasons. Like, yo, I thought about it. Like, I have to like come up with titles and I'm like, yo, even like, I didn't even want to like, I had to call you an artist because you're bigger than just, mm -hmm. you know, a rapper, right? And then you're like a podcasting interviewing guy. Which is just crazy cool. You're a speedrunner, which I thought was blessed. You're now a ghostwriter. You're like all this other shit. Like you're just you're one of those guys that just is so interesting. And when I talked to Let Me Know, he was like, "Be sure to tell Awkward's he's a fucking great guy." Hey, Let Me Know, that's the fucking homie, man. We had some really good nights with that guy as well, man. He he's essentially, I think, who connected us all to Epic Meal Time. Really, at the end of the day. Um, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was. He's my my first experience meeting them for sure. Um, just those guys are such a great time. And those guys are Quebec guys, right? Straight up Montreal. That's what it is. Montreal. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna. It's definitely love. It. Love. Let me know, man. It's great. He's a great guy as well. Yeah, I had him on the show. Uh, I was talking. Oh, him fire! Really recently, because for Montreal, he's pretty significant. He was doing a bunch of shows and stuff during an era. He basically repped the uh, the West Island, so one particular right. part, and so he was involved heavily and just was. But he was the camera guy. Which is kind of where he ended up. So he has all these behind the scenes right. KOT. Yeah, he's stuff. amazing, dude. Like he was he's just amazing. there. He was telling me he was there with you at the. He was the in Toronto, and and then when that punch happened and the fight, with right, right. He was he was right. with you there, and he right, went, right. Like, that's, I'm like that's so cool. Like you're all cool yeah. He me. was also the first time I ever partied with the Epic Mealtime guys. Man, it was the best part of my whole trip to Toronto. When I had to go to Toronto to battle Real Deal. Dude, it was such a rough trip because I lost, they lost my luggage and it was just, they were really like grilling me over some old legal shit at the board. It was really a fucking pain in the ass. And uh, the whole trip was really rough. I think even Real Deal had like lost his fucking wallet or some shit somewhere. Like it was just not the greatest trip or, for, or performance for either one of us. But uh, after the battle, when we linked up with Epic Mealtime, that was like the fucking greatest time of the whole trip. It was such a... We got on a party bus. There was some band from Canada. I forget the name. They're a super popular band. Huge, full-budget-ass tour bus. 
just huge party, man. Huge party. And they filmed the episode. We're on, I'm on two episodes of Epic Meal Time. Fucking smashing. Me, me and Lush was on there uh, just eating all this weird ass shit. <laughs> uh, man, those are great guys, man. I love those guys. No, for sure. Um, no, that that's that's like it's cool to hear, honestly. Um, because it's like they're legends too, by the way. Fucking legends, internet legends. Fast. Yeah, man. I don't know. I was it was it was cool because it was like <laughs> in, in like college age when they like popped off, popped off, and whatever. Right, and right. Like from Montreal, so like the whole city was plastered right. with their merch and right. things like that. That's fire. It's nice then, merch too. It like went really global and was way less here because they weren't right. here anymore. They were like everywhere else. So that's when y'all got them like after. So it's it's so interesting to hear yeah, like yeah, yeah. that like I didn't even realize that there was connections between Epic Meal Times and KOTD until I'm watching it. I'm yeah. like, wait a second, that's the Epic yeah. Meal Times dude standing right there next to Organic and everything. Is this yeah. hot? Like and then it's like you know learning all this is. Yeah, Harley hosted my battle real deal. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Let Me Know was probably the gateway through all that. Nah, that's really cool though it's like cool to learn that like these are just like especially because like now nah, talk to them you know so it's like man it's like fucking angry. right i don't know i'm tripping a little bit right. in the best ways but what happened after um scribble jam well you know after scribble jam um you know i had battled a little bit more in a few other tournaments battled other people um i think that was around the time you know i think i had stopped battling for like four years and i was doing a lot of music stuff i was doing a lot of tours i had toured for a month on in australia with dj cuber and supernatural and i basically lived in australia for a month i got on this massive record in australia that went gold and uh, we got to perform for like ten thousand people with a symphony and like all types of crazy shit and just working on records with all these different people I released the album and um you know several different things and uh that was around the time battle rap kind of started transitioning into the more acapella like YouTube-ish, um, you know, kind of thing. When you, you know, when YouTube started coming around and things of that nature, and even the WRC was kind of trans transitioning and fight clubs, all the other stuff that was already going on and, and smack, it was head. It was all heading that direction. Everybody was heading that direction. Um, but uh, you know, it became very popular on YouTube. And I guess when Grind Time first started popping off, I think the West Coast division in Grind Time was really a a big part of grind time in a way um they everybody played their their role the west coast had their own thing new york had their own thing uh we had some pretty special events um no you you can you can stop being yeah. humble bro like you guys were definitely like <clears throat> the top standard when we had lush on here i was like explaining like the right. whole like yo when i as like a guy on the east coast looking at the graphics that you guys would have above your fucking head. I'm not mistaken, aren't isn't those guys the guys that ended up doing like some of the graphic stuff for like Transformers movies and shit? Like, yeah, that's Avocado. I mean, he worked on avocado, Iron Man. Yeah. He worked on Iron Man. Like when you see yeah. Iron Man punch through the fucking cave, like that's him. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, like come yeah, on, you guys had that. Like you yeah. know, we were. I was definitely and, uh, thinking like. I was definitely looking around like, what? yeah, man. Graphics like that. Right. I want some shit. I want some right. shit to transform over my head. Man, like, it's crazy from the pixelated shit, not recognizing a motherfucker's face to looking movie trailerish. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think when it started making that transition, um, it started popping off, and I kind of started getting the itch a little bit. Where I was like, this is interesting. 
You know what I mean? I'd always, you know, I guess towards the end of like the on beat, like freestyle type battles, you know, I'd seen like smack battles and like mook battles. And this was all very new to me. The idea of showing up somewhere and writing actual verses for a battle only. Um, that was a crazy concept for me for, uh, in opposed to freestyling about your appearance for 30 seconds. You know what I mean? It was very different. So, um, of course, when shit goes acapella, like, I wanted to do that. Like, I want to battle these guys. These are the guys that are doing it. You know what I mean? These are the motherfuckers I want to battle. You know what I mean? If I'm going to truly tell, I wanted to be, I guess, at that time, a very well-rounded battle rapper in the sense where I could freestyle and beat battle you. I could go beat Mook. I could go fuck up with grind time. You know what I mean? I want to be the guy that could just be a part of all that shit. You know what I mean? I want to consume all the different different styles of battle rap. So when it started going acapella, that's really, you know, what I wanted to do. I was, I've been battling, you know, nerdy white boys on beat my whole fucking life. I want to battle some gangsters, bro. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's go. I want to battle like different kinds of people in battle rap and see where I really stand against all these different styles of battle rap. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, we battled a bunch of gangsters in Stockton, too. But I mean, like, fools that were known. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. who had, like, fucking reputation that were, like, popular in, in the scene, you know? But I think I arrived, I guess, <clears throat> when I decided to come back to Battle Rap was at a unique time period where, um, I don't know, I guess a, a unique time period where it was kind of still fresh and new in a way, in an organized type of fashion. And uh, I guess I just impacted people early on. And it really just, it just really took off after my very first battle. Like I remember, and it's, people still say the same stuff to me today if I were to come back right now. But between my last rad battle and going to my first grind time battle, everybody was talking shit to me. Like he's not going to be able to do it. It's a whole different sport now. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't 30 seconds over a beat, me clowning you real quick, maybe yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. heads in my head. This is different. You know, and a lot of people that came from that era didn't always make it. Yeah, no, the translation <laughs> wasn't there you know for the majority of them. A lot of them didn't make it. And I just got very lucky that my first, from my first battle, there was controversy. It popped off. It got on World Star. Like, overnight, things in my life changed immediately. You know what I mean? On one battle. And this and it wasn't this battle isn't even one of the ones that hit a million views. You know what I mean? And everything changed just off that already. I'm going to the mall in Stockton or I'm going to the club and they're letting me in for free and shit because they saw me on World Star and shit. You know what I mean? So very, thing, things are changing immediately. World Star yeah. here. Right. I became like the, one of the most liked people on World Star at one point. <laughs> the comments were very favorable to you dude, they loved do it i couldn't loved imagine you. it they loved me on world star bro there's people dude there's people in real life that missed that only seen my battles that were on world star so if i had a battle drop and it didn't make world star they didn't watch it they didn't see it yeah there's a whole army of people that only seen me on world star yeah, because there's a whole army of people that are like that. A lot yeah, of them the whole T-Rex controversy. City. Yeah, I the know whole controversy. Like that. Yeah, yeah, the whole T-Rex controversy. That whole everything on World Star. We're on World Star every week. Yeah, me and Rex going back and forth. It was insane. That shit. That all that shit there changed my life. Everybody like just instantly like. So the second battle we did was with Xi. It didn't make it to World Star. It didn't have quite the big like impact. But the people who were there would tell me things like this is the best live performance I've ever seen in a rap battle. Like people were really shocked by the XI battle. So like, okay, 
And then from that point on, that's when we did, that's when we did the Arsenal battle. And that's when everything changed forever. That's when, that's like no turning back. Everything is completely different now. Um, Arsenal at the time, he was a hot, you know, upcomer at the time. Uh, he had just won the fight club thing, beat Hollow the Don pretty handedly, was cooking like, you know, fucking uh, Tech Nine and all those folks. And he had just battled Rich Dallas. Um, he actually had choked. I think it was like his first loss or some shit. And uh, Grind Time was like, you know, you're one of the top guys in the league. You're getting a lot of uh, attention from your battles. We want to, you know, drop $1,000 to, to get you like a bigger name. Who do you want to battle? I said I want to battle Arsenal or T-Rex. Or fucking, I don't know why I said Charles Hamilton. I don't know why. I just wanted to fucking battle. I don't know why. And, that was, uh, yo, back then? Yeah, I don't, I, those are the three people I told him. And uh, didn't even get to Rex or Charles Hamilton. Arsenal said yes right away, and we fucking booked it. He was the first one they asked. Arsenal yeah. don't back down from shit. If you're giving him Arsenal money. Is a he, great, you know Arsenal's man? a great, like, dude to, like, work with when it comes to, like, bringing him oh, in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, nah, he's... Yeah, if you got money for him, you got some money for him, he'll pull up. He's not scared. Yeah, he'll pull up. He's not yeah. going back down. He's not scared of yes. nobody, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had a battle, and that battle changed my life forever, man. Uh, Why? <clears throat> I mean, I watched a battle that man, was Grind Time um, Arsenal, so I know what battle you're talking about on right. I watched it. But, like, for me watching it and going, that's a battle. But, like, if you were to ask me how to even pick who wins this shit, I'm, like, baffled on how to objectively. I'm I'm still absorbing y'all's styles at this point. Right, right, right. Well, that's the thing about battle rap. It's subjective. I mean, if there's no judge, nobody actually won or lost. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even, even, let's be honest, bro. Like, even back, like, that was part of what, like, Grind Time, like, had a little bit of a, a, a... uh, sir, like people loved it because there was judging, and then people hated it because there was bad judging. You know, and just and like lit at the event. And, like, yeah, dog, this fool won. Yeah, and and, and it was also one. <laughs> I need another like, round. <laughs> I don't think that like you could ever really make sure that the judges were like a full round panel that like can really you know, and that's part of what I think made URL take off so much. Was right. the no judging? So well, the now fact the you can argue can forever. Get, it's yeah, the best the way to do it. Argue it it's the best way to do it. It's the best way to do it. Best thing to do, you know, yeah. like just that because yeah. that's what it is anyway. It's subjective. Yeah, that's all it is. You shouldn't people, judge it. You know, like you, unless there's incentive or money on the line, you should never just judge a battle to judge a fucking battle. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, because now art, just art, is subjective. Like, okay, let's say you have. The most credible judges. You got Poison Pen. You got fucking Direct. You got everybody. The fucking Jay Black. You got all these motherfuckers judging, right? These are fucking top great opinions on battle rap, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But they have their own preferences that they preferences. Would, rather, yeah. would rather yeah. see. You know what I mean? There's yeah. something that may, might hit Pen that doesn't yes. hit Jay Black. I've so seen it. Who happen. are you? Who are you to say that this is better than yep. that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. all subjective. You can't really judge it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no matter who you are, you can't really judge it. You just have to, if you do have some stakes on the line and you do have to get a judge, you just have to make sure it's people you trust and hope for the best. That's it. So, yeah. so that, how did that change your life? Is it because it just got crazy views and then right. you became like a celebrity overnight type it thing? Was one of the, it was one of the first rap battles in that era 
to really go stupid viral and quick. But not just that. It was the nature of the shit that I said that set off the fucking planet. It's not just, hey, you did really good in a rap battle. Now it's going viral. It's because I said certain things that hit certain nerves that went viral in certain ways also that got tons of extra attention on it. My battle verse to Arsenal wasn't just a battle verse to Arsenal. You know what I mean? I was like shitting on several people at one time and talking like gang politics and like all types of different things in this verse. And that shit hit Worldstar had the craziest parentheses. You know what I mean? It's like awkward's versus Arsenal rap battle, parentheses. Awkward says East Coast Crips aren't real. You know what I mean? It's just like cra the craziest like parentheses. You know what I mean? So just like everybody was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And it blew up on Worldstar. Tough, man. But surprisingly, the comments were all in my favor for the most part. Like I expected to just get shit on because Worldstar is a very negative place. They don't really care what's what. But the response was surprisingly fantastic. I, I couldn't believe it. And the video just uh, the video just went off. And from that point on, it's like everywhere I would go. And even to this day, you know, people just catch me. If I'm in another country, if I'm in another state, it doesn't matter. They pull me aside everywhere. I'm not saying I get fucking swarmed at McDonald's, but I'm saying like. Nah, I already know what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when that started. You know, it's de it definitely escalated and got crazier since, but that's when it really, really started. Like the Jay's Juice thing got some big fucking push, but the Arsenal thing really put it over. And then following that, the feud with T-Rex, because I had called out T-Rex pretty viciously in the battle. So it, it led to me and T-Rex pretty much blogging back and forth at each other on Worldstar almost every week, every other week for a while. These are, the, these are the things that's it's good that we're, you know, like what you just said. Knowledge nuggets. You don't know it, right? But like <laughs> it's following this storyline that has been happening naturally on the show. Like the wreck was here talking about like the blogging and like uh, yeah, yeah. we were just discussing the fact that like we were really early with the, that was the way that we got things popping in Battle Rap. Got out blogging. of people. Yeah, blogging. Yeah, yeah, even the jungle, people. the jungle was doing the spazzes even as well, man. Like that's yeah. how you just get at a motherfucker, you know what I mean? And yeah. I just, you know, I just like to stir the hornet's nest all the time. I was calling out this, that, and the third person, and people I think were just so caught off guard by how fucking all the smoke that I just wanted, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just think it just resonated with a lot of people in a big way, and uh, you know, uh, just set off a lot of events after that. The feud with me and T-Rex would lead to a super hyped big battle, which also did ex extremely good numbers as well. So those type of things just kept building on. It just got bigger and bigger through the battle rap thing. And uh, we got to go overseas and do rap battles. You know, we did a rap battle in Sweden where the whole fucking, there's a line literally around the block to watch us battle. Like what? In Sweden? You know what I mean? Packed the house in Manchester, packed house in London. Like, it's just insane, dude. And it just kept progressing. And, you know, I was still working on music at the same time as well. And the battles were extremely helping all my music sales, like, tenfold. You know, I'm actually one of the first people that, maybe even the first, 
that introduced the idea of selling an album through rap battles by the way of commercials at the end. And everybody does it now. And that's that's the way I intended. I'm not like y'all bit my shit. That's what yeah, I intended. Nah. You know what yeah, I mean? No, it was it was a like, great it was a great you know what I did that I did not see anybody <laughs> doing on the internet that like I originated that I'm like I'm not mad that the entire world took it, but like the whole like putting a picture online of just like something random and like adding the link to your music in the like description. Nobody right, was right. doing that at the time. Right. And I just was right. like, yo, there's a great way to promote that right. project. And right. the next thing you know, that shit is a wash all over the internet. Everybody like, does that's it. Like, Everybody does it. But it works, like, man. You yeah, make, it works. I, it works. I, exactly. I sold a considerable uh, amount of merch and CDs. Even, you know, the first time, like, Non-Perishables Volume 1 is a compilation that we put out around the same time as one of the biggest battle rap events in history, Battle of the Bay 5. And the whole campaign was commercials for the compilation through all of the battle videos. So it was to a point where everybody knew these songs. They're playing in the beginning of the vet in the video of every fucking battle. So you know these songs. And one of our, you know, one of our uh compilations was like in the top 50 something on Amazon or something. Like shit was, shit was popping, man. And it, it was really, it really works. And uh yeah. we got to be ahead of the curve on a whole lot of shit and do a lot of things and make money off a lot of things before people, everybody figured it out. So yeah. I, I think it was me being there at a pivotal moment, ha also having the performances that I had, and also even when, like when Grind Time came back, the reason they even gave me good battles and stuff is because a lot of my respect points had rolled over previously from the previous era when I was one, like the first California dude to go battle at Rocksteady and really get shit jumping up for the West Coast and battle rap. You know, I'm one of the very, very founding fathers of West Coast battle rap period. So. Um, that definitely rolled over into, well, who's going to battle this guy? Well, fucking Awkward's wants to do it. Shit, let's go. You know what I mean? And so a combination of all those things, man, it just, it, it really took off. Yo, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot to process quick, quick, but I really appreciate I it, man. It's like, you're a legend. That's just kind of what it is. Yeah, not big facts. When hey, I, well, shared, I, when it, I shared the link for the, for the Facebook, you know, feed, I'm like sharing it in all the like uh, hip hop groups, right? And I'm like, you know, titling it like interview a sick, you know, come join us as we interview, you know, West Coast uh, battle rap legend. Awkward. Right, right. You know what hey, I mean? Like he's a West Coast it, battle rap legend. Like these are things that like I've been like trying to get a lot of the other guys from like our era to understand is like, yo, we started this industry that exists now. Like we like right. everything that happened before absolutely um uh 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 helped right but right. like what we created in that era Huge. was is essentially the blueprint that exists to this day right now you it know absolutely um, is and, man and it's a and whole ass industry and like and we, we had to do to, it like, before people knew it was cool we were the ones yeah. that knew it was cool deep down before everybody else knew it was cool and we had to build the shit you know what i mean even yeah. grind time era i'm probably biased because it was a great time for me but that was one of the greatest times in battle rap ever. You know what I mean? I was low key one of the faces of the era. So I'm very blessed that even still today, I haven't battled in almost 10 years. To this day, I'm still, I got mentioned in like two rap battles this year already. You know what I mean? For, for what? You know what I mean? I just connect, I'm just connected to a lot of different situations. And if you're gonna battle a certain person, then I'm probably gonna come up. That's just that's basic. how it's been. 
I mean, basically, the best way I would define a legend would be that if after a decade people still reference you as part of a culture, right. I'm yeah. saying that that's that's how it is. I mean, that's the only way to be a legend, and time has to right. pass. It can't be some like you pop in and you're an insta legend. It's more like right. like you just said. I didn't know that, but people reference you as a bars. Like you're a you're just always constantly. You know, they'll say my name directly or. Um, I think the l one the last one I heard was like Real Deal versus Sharon. There was a couple bars in there about me. I think I heard uh, somebody, multiple people talk to Sue Surf about our little situation. Um, just lots of different. Those are the, probably the most recent recent ones, I would say. So what? what when did you stop battle rapping then? Ooh, I think my last battle was in Australia. And uh, I battled a, a guy named 360 who at the time just blew up so hard in australia i'm talking this man went his yeah. album his album went triple platinum yeah and I uh, mean, to be fair it's way less than in america it's not yes. it's not Australia's three million platinum is essentially um like 75 is, or 100k something I, like I was that. gonna uh, i think it's i think it's five hundred thousand, and then nah, that would nah. make the record like essentially platinum and a half in America, no, like million and a half. Like way smaller, in our, man. Yeah, in like, Australia, Australia's only got like twenty. It's less than hundred k. It's less than hundred k records to go. Yeah, like even Canada, it's less than that, I and mean, like they have okay. a smaller population. But mind you, mind you, they paid double American dollars lightweight for a CD. Like the boy was. Yeah, no, they he right. was huge. Like I, I don't huge, even one of the biggest, one of the biggest. No, 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 no. Right, one of the like, biggest like, no, no but it is it is a like, fact that they, needs to be mentioned it is a fact no, that it's, it's it worth mentioning but then it is it's different it is like, different worth is mentioning different. that the reason it's so much smaller is because literally there's like what 20 28 million people right it's an island and then you have you 350 know, million people in america right so it just makes sense that the numbers are bigger in the states and that the numbers are right. smaller in other countries and uh, i mean that was greatly influential to why i battled him I had never had any any desire in my life to ever battle 360. No need. There's no reason. Um, but I was sitting in the Toronto airport, and uh, after my I was on my way home from battling Real Deal, I got this email asking if I wanted to battle 360. And I had never really thought about that before. There was one time me and Disaster were going to do a two-on-two -two versus him and Justice way back when, and we wrote a few funny bards about them, but it got canceled. It didn't end up happening. But... Um, one-on-one -on -one, never like why this didn't even make any sense but now he's triple platinum the most famous rapper in the whole country it's a little different so i said yes i said okay fine we'll do this battle fine i never you know you know have you ever seen a battle of mine it's it's usually pretty aggressive i'm not really like into the big jokey jokey type of thing so i was always very hesitant to battle someone who's just hilarious you know what i mean i was like how's this gonna go is he just gonna make fun of, like why are you so mad all the time like and just make fun of me like i don't know what's gonna happen um but i took the battle the tickets sold out in one hour fucking ridiculous he is so famous over there i don't know why he agreed to doing the battle but they said he wanted to battle me i don't know why because um, you're a legend the man yeah, literally just got rich the man literally just got rich he just came off australia's biggest rap battle of all time him and cursor him versus cursor got two million views in like a fucking week or some shit it was insane because they're both super famous in australia so like i'll do it fuck it he's famous you know i'm coming off two battles that aren't 
necessarily my best performances. One of which I got my ass kicked in. One is like debatable, whatever. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. I do the battle. I fly to Australia. Not only do I battle this man in Australia, I battled him literally in his hometown in the midst of him going triple platinum. You know what I mean? All the media hype is like, in Australia is like, 360 is going to kill another American. You know what I mean? Like, that's the fucking, like, that's the buzz on the streets of Australia. You know what I mean? Because, mind you, previously to him going triple platinum. That's the word in Sydney. Yeah, that's the word in the streets. Uh, you know, previously before that, uh, I believe Madness and Dirtbag Dan had both went over there and 360 battled them both on the same night. And I believe he won. Both of them were judged battles and he beat them both. So, like, that's how the narrative of, like, he's going to kill another American yeah, legend, is, like, you know what I mean? In, in right, right. Yeah, he's going to kill all the Americans, you know what I mean? So that was the narrative, you know what I mean? All his fans that bought his album bought the fucking tickets in five seconds. You know what I mean? I'm going there. I'm thinking, like, this is maybe the stupidest battle I've ever taken in my life. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to get just roasted right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, all his fans are going to be there. And he just went triple platinum. I'm in his hometown. Like, this is fucking wrong. This is wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Could have went real bad. Yeah. Could have Like, logistically speaking, right? Like, like if, real if, bad. You, if, if you and me were talking and, and you were on your way there, I'd be like, yo, just do it. Get the bag. Don't worry about it. You know, you're going to lose. Right, right. His hometown. I don't know what's happening. He's not going to let you walk out of there with no Ws. He and he's funny. Platinum. But he's no legit hilarious, back, you know, like right, right, and he's legit hilarious. You know what I mean? What if my angry shit doesn't come off? You know what I mean? What if he just sits there and just laughs at me, like ha 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 ha? You know what I mean? So I show up to the battle, and uh, by my fourth bar, I knew I was gonna win. Round one, bar four. The way the crowd went crazy on the fourth bar, I was like, oh, dude, it's over. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna win. I was like, what? I was kind of like, this moment was like going off in my head, like, wait a minute, I'm gonna win. This is crazy. And for the whole battle, I won all three rounds. Like, so, like, there was like a really big thing about in Australia when it happened. Like, it was fucked up. Like, his girlfriend was there, and at the time, like, him and his girlfriend were like one of those power Instagram couples, like on fucking uh, in Australian Australia. They were like couple. a famous couple. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. uh her family was there. They're like, we're going to oh. watch my fucking man kill this fucking American. You know what I mean? And I destroyed him. And I had bars about the girl, too. And it was fucked up. <laughs> and, and fuck, man, that was crazy. Uh, it was a fun time, man. That was my last yeah. battle. And it, people you know got, what, it got super slept on because I tailor made it for the Australian audience. And there's lots of Australian hip-hop references because... I'm super familiar with the scene. I've spent a lot of time there. So I wrote it tailor-made for them. And they're going berserk on every single fucking bar the entire battle. It's like nonstop. It's one of my craziest performances I've ever had in my life. I'm telling you. But uh, Americans will watch it and they don't really understand what the fuck I'm talking about. They're just like, well, obviously he killed it, but I don't know what this means. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it, didn't, it didn't get like super big buzz in America. But because I was battling 360, we still got like half a million views. So it's cool. Crazy. No, that's amazing. Still, like even beyond. The that's the last battle I did. Yeah. Like what a way. Could have been out. way bigger, but you you yeah. go out like, kind of bodying a local on um, up and coming legend. 
being like, nah, I'm right. a real oh, no. legend. He, he was already a Australian legend, right? Already, uh, already he had he, much he was, success. But that, this was this was, dude. Like, imagine you go triple platinum, swap. and the next week, oh, I'm gonna battle awkward's like in the midst. Like, I'm sure his life yeah, nah, was just that, that changing in, in like a crazy that way. Happen. Like, they wouldn't like yeah, no label never. would like give the okay oh, for that. No, no, like, nah, you fucking. No. What? And especially like, not awkward. Yourself, <laughs> especially not battling you awkward. You embarrass yourself and damage your brand, and now people don't yeah. want to buy into the the like mystique that they thought that you had. Right. You're not doing that. We, you you're, you cost too much. We've invested too much money for you to like risk that. Yeah, know? I don't know how it was even a thing, dude. I would have canceled it honestly. If we're in, the, if I was in the midst of preparing, and 360 hit me up. And cancel the balance, like, dude. I just went to reply to my fucking life is going crazy right now. I wouldn't even have been mad. I would understand. Yeah, nah. dude, I'd yeah. be like, dude, if I were you, I would have canceled this shit. I would. The last thing I'm gonna do after going triple platinum is battle awkward's. Yeah, what nah. the fuck? Bad idea. Bad, idea. bad idea. Bad idea. I'm good. I'm not battling nobody. Bad. I'm just going triple platinum. I'm like, right. why? 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 I just I'm battling. The, I just, I'm battling I just against yacht the, dealerships. I just want the battle of life. Why yeah, would I'm, I battle? I'm okay. battling against yacht dealerships, bro. That's the only battle I'm having. Yeah, no. huh? But no, hey, sometimes yeah. people feeling themselves. They feeling themselves. They're like, hey, I could beat awkwards. No, you cannot. That's serious, though. Like, that's a big story. If, like, the, yo, that's some legendary Dude, shit. Dude, it was like an atom bomb in Australia. When that shit happened, it was big news, bro. America what, didn't what really hear about after? it so much. Did but he, it was like, it, like it was a big deal. his man. career in a tangible way? It did and it didn't, you know, um, from the outsider's view, me watching it after the battle happened and still, you know, he's my friend. So still keeping tabs on what he's up to. It appeared that not no damage whatsoever. He didn't even post it when it came out. He didn't even share the video. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I didn't feel I feel like he just kept seeing more success. But I guess in reality, in retrospect, He's been coming over some hard times after that. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it had anything to do with it. I, I wish 360 the best, though. He is a really nice person. I really liked mm. him a lot. But I, I don't know. I guess it affected him a little bit. But in the most part, I don't think it did. I Especially at the time, I was like, there's no way it could hurt this guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if he kept up, if he didn't share it, he just probably did the good old, you know, like, hey, like, you, if you don't give light to the media, like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's Imagine how like many views it would have had if he shared it. It would have been crazy. Yeah. It would have been crazy. It would have been crazy. I was the only one promoting it. And plus, you know, the whole country of Australia. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, so what happened after Battle Rap? You know, after Battle Rap, you know, it's kind of the same stuff I'd always been doing, even during Battle Rap, you know, making music, um, doing shows, working on new business ventures, like, you know, eventually the – TV show, the radio show, you know, a bunch of just different things The stream, you know, just for the last like 10 years, it's been doing a little of everything and just things that I'm passionate about. I just do them. You know, um, we did the record with method man. That was real big. We dropped some big compilations. Um, it's been staying busy, man. Always, always around I me mean, this last year with the pandemic has been a lot slower and I've had to rely on more things like this that are like, you know, interactive stream or like a game stream and stuff like that. So during this time right now, the last like year specifically or year and a half or whatever, it's been a lot of streaming stuff. It's been a lot of writing songs behind the scenes waiting for, you know, when I want to 
you know, go back into one of these big studios that we record at when it's, you know, more opened and cool, I guess, at the time. Um, and we got uh, we got this vinyl with Method Man coming out. We dropped a song with Method Man. The music video's out. Um, got like fucking four million views on Facebook or something crazy like that. Um, it's doing cool on YouTube uh, and Spotify and all that. Uh, we're going to drop a special edition vinyl. I wanted to drop it last year, but with all this COVID stuff, I just didn't feel right, like, introducing some kind of, like, luxurious-ass product during the middle of a pandemic. So I just kind of, like, held back. And not only that, some pressing plants are, like, closed during COVID, not even fucking operating. So everyone's backed up. But we're going to drop a special edition vinyl autographed, uh, hopefully, I think, by me and Meth and Collage. Um, it's going to be fire. And then I got a song with E40 coming pretty soon. Um, bunch of oh, solo stuff that I've been writing. Um, we got, we got, we got fire in the hole, man. Lots of things on the way, man. More world record video. You games. gonna, you gonna shoot a video with with forty? I sure hope so, man. Yeah, man. That's, that's the uh, that's, that's the goal. That's definitely like. That's the goal, that's man. Another, that's the goal. That's another one to hang up there. You know, like right next to that, like oh man, the achievement of being able to man. like be it's a banger too. It's a you know, banger. be able to get paid. On the TV show from Do right. What I Love, being able to do a song with the guy that got me the job, right? Right. Um, uh, um, and then right next to that, uh, uh, and next to the Brother Lynch Hung feature, right? And then the the, the E forty, like, right. bro, those are some that's jewelry, that's ring. No, like, like, it's crazy. Like when it comes, to, it's, like, it's when so it comes cool. to rap shit. Like these are the stats. That's the shit yeah. that makes rings. Like you know? Method like, Man is my favorite woo. So if I have to pick my favorite, it's meth. So just seeing that, sure. like, you got to understand, I looked at it and I, I was like instantly like, yo, I fuck so awkward. It's more, I had a, like a deep level. Then to find out Brother Lynch, Lynch Hung is like, wow, that's actually really fucking cool. On some, and actually like, Mac Maul is on that song too. It's me, Mac Maul, Brother Lynch, and my boy Ren. That's like fucking dope. And my then, boy Ren from a group called Doja Click, which actually, let me tell you a quick little Stockton history. When I was in the fifth grade, I had never heard of any Stockton rappers ever in history. And I got this tape from my friend and we listened to it. I was like, who the fuck is this? This is Doja Click. Only Stockton rappers I ever knew when I was a little, little kid. And uh, they were the only rap group in Stockton to sell 100,000 albums out the trunk. And they were mixing it up with some Bay Area artists in the early 90s at the time. Yeah, and uh, Ren did an album. There's a whole album with Brother Lynch. And they invited me to be on that album and it did very well on itunes as well as on like the fucking charts dude it's, it's so cool though like, yes that's the one ishmael knows what's up yeah ishmael is a real one ishmael when you that's said the that's the exact album premeditated that's the one got a song mac mall on there fire house ishmael yeah, it, Big yeah i've got to work i've got to work with some people that i really look up to man but i'm not finished yet i gotta i gotta collect the ice cube achievement I gotta collect the Jay Z achievement trophy. <laughs> those are the so, those are yeah. my two so favorite is, rappers of so, all time. So those are funny, my two. Right? Those are the best ever. So if you think best about ever. it, the battle rappers were sorry. The the mainstream rappers and celebrities were collecting battle rappers back in the day, and now Awkward's is going. Hmm, who am I gonna collect? And we're kind of inversing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like we're, yeah, 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 big facts, man. right? Hold it, nice, nice. I like, I like that, that a lot. I like, I like it. That. Yo, Awkward's, you're mm -hmm. so cool, man. Mm -hmm. You wanna like now? We collecting them. No, yeah, but we're like, doing it. We're doing it. Okay, like, you got to talk a bit more about the radio show, but if it's okay with you, I really got to take a quick little bathroom break. We, we none of us ever thought 
when we started battle rap, well, when we started rapping, right? And right. it automatically led to all these battles and like getting like good at like like being able to, you know, like you mentioned it earlier when you were like a few bars into that battle with 360 and, and you realized it in the instant, like your 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 mind switched. It's like that's why I liken it to sports, you know, it's like baseball, it's being able to keep right. your it's not like baseball, right? Of course. Right. It's but like baseball, the, but it's the, not the like baseball. Of, the amount of like immediate, like your brain thinking on its toes that you do that is similar to like uh uh um hitting Improv, like all that shit. Keeping keep yeah nah keeping your eye on a on a on a on a on a shoulder to know when a punch is coming from a certain way. Like it's all the same type of muscles in your brain that you're right. using that like you got to be wild peak to be able to like pull mm -hmm. it off. You know like yeah, and. Like and stuff. and to to be able to in that in that moment like be like oh it's about to and and you give a different type of energy and then the crowd gives you a different type of energy and yeah. that's what causes it's that whole, man like, getting that yeah. crazy crowd reaction is is a trip man one the more people it is it's just the craziest i remember like i i won a battle at an exhibit concert one time and there's like twenty thousand people there and I just yeah. cooked, just cooked. It was, yeah. you know, just hearing that many people go crazy for your line is just nuts. It's just out of control. Yeah. You know, your life is so fascinating. Like, just just hearing the way you describe it. But you're also so humble about it, which is really cool. You're just like, yeah, it's just things that happen. Like, you're aware well, I mean, at that the end of the cool day, things, We but... ain't shit. You know what I mean? I'm not rich. <clears throat> Even if I was rich, I wouldn't be an asshole. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm not. You, know, you met meth, so now you know not to be. You know, and you know, you know <laughs> what it is. Like you don't mm. gotta. Like that's that be the that be the thing that like most people don't get. Like they really just get so. But I mean, it's probably more along the lines of the circumstances that they had in their lives were very privileged, and that's why they don't understand. Because then they get famous right. and rich, and it's right. even more detached with reality. So it's just like, right. why would you ever think about the normal everyday person when you've right. never been? The normal everyday person mm. and you always come from a privileged perspective right. you're not going to understand something like that you know but like right. you you go through some hardships in life and Absolutely. like you get you get something and you're like you're way more appreciative of it you know you're way that's, more like big yo, facts no you know? like as this man said man experiences like that you can't buy the shit you lived <laughs> yeah nah, you sure shit can. you can always get rich well i mean there you know I, I think to understand and grasp a lot of stuff too, you got to get beat down a little bit too. You know, um, there was a time when people said it was over for me. You know what I mean? Uh, and you just got to keep trucking and keep doing cooler shit. You know, surprise, it's not over, motherfucker. I got a lot more tricks. I got so Big many class. tricks. I've got so many tricks. <laughs> no, like I'm looking at you, like yo, awkward is doing kinds of all sorts of interesting stuff. I mean, like there's still like other aspects of your life that we just haven't even expanded on. And we're like well right. over two hours, which just is proof of you being mad interested. Word. That's not me. Because we still I haven't even make... talked about his interviewing and his. Right. We haven't right. talked on that. Right. We haven't talked. Hey, we were going to talk about the Listen, radio man. station jobs. I'm down for whatever, man. I'm here. It's good. Let's do it. Nah, I'm cool too, Matt Awkward. I think you're one of the like you're fascinating, and you're just so knowledgeable yeah, too. And that's the thing is your memory is really good. Shit, this is good, man. I've smoked a lot of my memory away, though. 
There's a lot I don't remember. I can't. I'm trying to think of the stuff I can't remember. It's probably can't remember, crazier. Right? That happens really to me all the crazier. time. Yo, I was just fascinated. I was just posting about this. It got no. It got no like you know traction at all, right? <laughs> but because it's so it's so personal, right? Like right. like the fact that like there's certain bro. commercials that like it becomes like you hear it so much that like it becomes something in your life, right? And right. then like and then it doesn't. Yo, and then right. years pass. <laughs> And then it comes and pops back in your head. And you're like, oh, my God. Remember when I used to talk about that thing all the time? Remember right. When it used to be all the time. Talk about, you know, like I said uh, uh, earlier, you know, with the, with the Jesus Christ. You know, right, like, right. that's been with me now since he came out. And it's going right. to be with me for a few years. Right. You know, because it's already been a year, you know, or it's a more. 209, baby. Like that's two a years, 209 right there. Since that video came out, you know? That's a 209. Like, that stuck with me. Like, I really fuck with it, you know? So it's just like, but it's that, you know? Everybody has their own personal weird thing. Like, that right. they, they saw a movie and they were like, they heard somebody say something a certain way. And they're just like, I'm going to say that like that whenever yeah. I mean it like that, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, I'll be real with you. I now say shit like it's Liddy, bro. Hey. Yeah, yeah slang Liddy, definitely slang rubs off, dude. Everywhere I, I go, <laughs> I've yeah. picked up so much random slang from all over the world that I've been and all the things that I've done. Sometimes when I talk to certain people, they don't understand where I'm even from. Like, bro, where the are you from the South? Where are you from? They're like, yeah. bro, it's just... It just sponged up so much shit. I've just mm -hmm. been around everything, man. I've been all over the world, man. Just seen so many different experiences. You know, we've been million dollar boardrooms. We've been in the fucking projects in Chicago. We've been everywhere. You know what I mean? Everything in between. So it's just. Oh, you know, it's like, that's so exciting. I want to, I want to experience life in, in every way that I can. Do you have plans of ever writing a book? I've thought about it, but the thing is, I want, I do definitely want to write a book, but I don't necessarily want to like write a book about my life. You know what I mean? But I want to write a book about something cool. You know what yeah. I mean? What, like, okay. I want to write a book and not make it all about me, but I want to, I do want to be an author. But I just, I'm waiting for like the right idea to hit me of what I should actually write a book about. Mm. I would read Awkward's is how to like be relevant for over a decade book. That's interesting. Because that's yo, what the most yeah. fascinating part about you is. Because, yo, if you look at, like, business books, they constantly talk about pivoting. But how many people pivot like Awkwards has pivoted? You got to keep Yeah, going. no, that's, a, that's, a, that's the thing that that's why I always have wild respect for Awkwards is that. Like, the pivot was hard early. Like, when I got on Twitch and it's because of Holden, I'm, like, right. immediately, like, yo, you know what, though? Like, Awkward's already been here longer than any of my other friends. You know what I mean? Like, longer than anybody else, he's been already on it. And I'm just like, yo, fuck. Like, I've been on Switch for a minute, but uh, like I said, I was on there real briefly for like five years. We we're going to do this big battle rap thing. Uh, we had meetings over at the Twitch headquarters. They were going to partner us all. We we're going to do like rap battles in the jungle, jungle rap battles on live on Twitch. That was our thing. We had this big meeting and uh, the guys who worked there, who we were talking to like two big guys. I think they, uh, you know, I think they ended up working somewhere else. You know what I mean? They ended up leaving Twitch or working at different companies. And oh, it just kind of never materialized. You know what I mean? But um, I still continue to like stream video games, but not that much. Cause I just had like a $300 Toshiba laptop. It really couldn't handle 
the type of games that I wanted to play. So it was very inconsistent. And then over the last year with the quarantine and stuff, we started doing some some speed runs and we've had a very interesting response from uh Yeah, cuz I was mad curious on the speed run thing. Cuz like I right, got right. into speed running by accident. I just one day cuz yo, YouTube sends you down the YouTubes, right? And then does, one day you're like you see this Bro. video and it's like I just watched a 2-hour documentary on Killer Instinct because of that shit the other it. day. What the fuck? I mean like but I saw that one of those videos for me was like <laughs> the biggest upset in like speed run history blah 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 fraud oh, right. okay. and i'm like wait what what the fuck and then i started watching this guy and i chain watched like 20 of his videos because it was just so his passion and this was on twitch this is on youtube this is a guy who makes like thought piece videos commenting on speed running off top of my head i can't remember his channel but i can tell you after um and the dude just like writes like shit like he documents it he tells what games he's into and he like follows certain things i learned about perfect mm -hmm. dark challenges and right and like all the the mario kart games and i didn't even That's know where anything. It starts and then you just start delving in and the next thing i feel like you realize yo there are just games you could chart on yeah well every game essentially has a world record and unless nobody plays it and nobody submitted one yeah so i mean like so how do so yeah i mean everything has a world record i mean fuck the fastest person to run 50 feet there's probably a fucking world record you know what i mean there's a <laughs> world record for everything if you submit the shit right but like how did you end up finding it because to me it's just it was random and then i come onto your channel and that's what you're doing and i'm like right that's well you know not what i was expecting uh... with i'm about to interview battle rap legend awkwards Right. It's kind of random how it all started, man. Um, you know, I guess I had to start, you know, just as a kid, I was a big gamer. I, I liked, you know, video games. But before I found out about Twitch, I honestly had stopped playing video games for a long time and barely haven't really been playing them. And uh, when I started fucking with Twitch, um, I was just trying to think of things I could do to bring, bring more traffic to my channel. Like what's something cool I could do on Twitch? And one of my ideas was, what if I raced against another rapper at a video game, right? So I had this like overlay made with like two boxes in it and figured out how we could stream with two people at the same time and like show everybody's screen and see where everybody's at. And I'm like, well, what game am I going to race? You know, I just try to think of like, I guess, realistically, what would be like, my best game that I could play the best that I know the best by heart, I guess. And, uh, I was like, well, that's Mega Man one on Nintendo. And, uh, I said, well, who the fuck would race Mega Man one from Nintendo against me? What rapper would fucking do this? And I thought, wait a minute, Mega Ran, he's a rapper named after Mega Man and he plays video games. What a great idea. That I'll fucking great, race. Yeah. I'll race Mega Man against Mega Ran. That's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Mega Ran is a great guy. Fantastic music. I love the guy. He's a nice person. So I hit him up. And of course, he was down with the idea. He's like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Right? Let's do a race. Just for fun. We're just two rappers fucking racing out a video game. Like, let's do it. And uh, I fucking... So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to look stupid on this thing. Let me, like, fucking practice a little bit. You know what I mean? Let me see how to fucking play. I haven't played this game in a while, you know? 
and I'm like, okay, well, let me fucking like look up like a speed run of the world record. Let's see how what these guys do. How's the fastest guy in the world do it? You know? And I started watching it and, uh, you know, it looked impossible. And to this day, after all the speed runs I've done, Mega Man 1 on the NES is the second most difficult game on the planet that I've ever speed run. And uh, I fucking, uh, I started watching this video. I'm like, there's no way I can do any of this shit. This is ridiculous. Like, people are glitching through the wall and, like, getting items they're not even supposed to be able to reach on the same screen. It's like, it's, it's insane. The game is so broken. I'm like, no way. But I give it a try. And within, like, a week and a half or two, I start getting kind of nice. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm landing some of these things that aren't so impossible after all. And uh, I think it just got to the point where I just gotten like way too good. And it was no longer like a casual rappers, like having fun kind of thing. And I think we both just kind of realized it at the same time. There was no like fucking official word. We didn't officially cancel. I think we we're just both like, bro, there's not really any reason for us to do this. You know, I mean? it's not the, the, the nature of the whole situation has changed. You know what I mean? I lightweight damn near just cheated in a way. You know what I mean? by just looking up speedrun shit, and I accidentally got kind of nice at this game. So we, we scrapped the idea of racing, and I ended up just started racing myself, and that's when it began. Now wow. we're like 16 games deep. I have three world records. It's like, I, I don't know what Which games do you have world records for? Um, I have world records. Uh, currently, I have two, and one just got beat. Um, I got one in the Home Alone video game on NES. I have just got the video game. I just got the world record for Night Trap, which was one of the first controversial video games of all time. That's like responsible for the current like rating system of today's video games. Like it was like a, like congressmen were fucking calling this game evil in the early 90s. It was on Sega CD. And uh, it was like around the time Mortal Kombat came out. Those were like the two. Okay. That big ones sense. those are the two senators like there's video clips of them playing scenes from the game in the courtroom and saying this game is evil you know That's what i mean it's a huge deal we got the world record for it last week and uh i had the world record for rampage the, the big monsters that climb the buildings that they made i know that game right i had the world record for that <clears throat> two fucking dickheads just came in and beat me so now i'm currently third place i gotta come back and beat that ass i will be back but uh, I had, those are the three world records that we had. Um, but we got, you know, top 10, top 5, top 8, top 15, top 20, top 100, and like 15 other games, man. That's like... So, like, like you just were Like, this is not what you're expecting, I think, when you're like, again, like the way you're... I didn't expect it. I don't know what happened, man. I did the Mega Man thing. I was like, yo, what about this game? Oh, what about this game? Oh, what? About, I could do this one. And then it just kind of just started happening. I don't know. And now you're literally able to just get buzz off of playing video <laughs> games. Hey, the Resident Evil community has been super cool to me. I, I've kind of found a, I've been on a Resident Evil binge lately and I've been like speedrunning all of them practically. And it's what's fascinating is every game has its own speedrunning community. Like the people that do the Resident Evil speedruns, they don't know the Mega Man motherfuckers. They don't know the Ninja Turtles one. They don't, they don't talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, these are the Resident Evil. And even within the Resident Evil group, there's the people that, okay, I play RE1. I play RE2. I play RE3. Some people play all of them. You know what I mean? It's just like a different, like, and, and these people have kind of embraced me a little bit. And, and it's kind of like, 
this weird thing for me to wrap my head around my whole life. Everyone has known me for rapping. And now there's literally people out there that only know me from playing Resident Evil. It's a, That's crazy. It's a trip. It's a trip. And then they find <laughs> out later, they're like, oh, shit, you have a song with Method Man. What the fuck? And then it, like, it just goes crazy, dude. That's dope. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, all of that. <clears throat> it is Hashtag. crazy. Everything right. about that is like a serious situation. But how did you get into the radio show? Um, you know, I started doing the podcast. And, uh, okay, so let's go with the podcast. How did you start doing the podcast? Okay. And then we'll roll that into the radio. You know, randomly, I just said one day, you know, it'd be fun to do a podcast. And I just said, fuck it, let's try it. I went out and bought a couple of things. I, you know, I've owned studios for like, you know, 15, 20 years. So I have a lot of spare parts and equipment just lying around. So I bought a couple of things to adapt to the podcast environment. But for the most part, it was just shit I had laying around. And uh, we just started filming podcasts. Uh, we ended up uh, going viral a couple of times. We had uh, we ended up getting Nate Diaz on the podcast, and uh, it was an episode where he says some very serious things that went super viral within the MMA community. Like all the biggest MMA publications, like it was literally MMA news that day when it came out. And fucking UFC fighters were responding to shit that he said in my interview, and like the analysts on ESPN are like quoting shit from my podcast that Nate Diaz shit and like talking about it like it's fucking crazy man like the podcast like it now, got I remember I remember that because yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan and I remember <laughs> I'm not a fan enough that I would watch their podcast like MMA podcast right or listen to them but I remember seeing the links having like the yeah sc- screenshot of like a clip from your interview. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first that one. I was know that it was your interview because crazy. you shared it and we're friends. Right. I right. see it pop up on my timeline. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know what the video looked like. Like, it was crazy, man. The fucking the first one we did was BJPen.com. Huge website for MMA BJ shit. BJPen, yeah. BJPen.com did it. And then MMA fighting, bloody elbow, just every MMA site that is. And these get big. These are like the world star of fucking MMA. Yeah, yeah, nah, you know what I mean? Huge, like, huge, this huge, shit was huge. going viral, bro. Like, majorly viral. And, like, it, it, it was nuts, dude. And we lightweight, dude. We prophesized Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. It's the first place he ever talked about fighting Jorge Masvidal. And the interview was done on the date, fucking like five years from the day that the fight actually ended up happening. Spooky shit. Dude, I don't know that's how we so did cool. It. So what's your podcast? Like I watched, I don't know. I watched a, an interview that you did recently, but um, tell us more right. about your podcast in general. Like what do you do with it's it? Called, it's called Outside the Box. We have a wild range of people because I'm obviously into a wild range of random shit. We have rappers, actors, martial artists. You know, we've had Tom Arnold. We've had Jill Stein, a presidential candidate. Like just random groups of people. Um, and, you know, over the pandemic, we kind of took a break and we – it used to be a lie, a thing in person and it wasn't live. And I would go directly to the person's habitat and film. Like we did an episode in Tom Arnold's bedroom. Like I went to Tom Arnold's house and fucking filmed a podcast with him in his living room. Like what the fuck? But now with this whole pandemic shit, we've been doing it on Twitch via Zoom, kind of like how you guys are doing now. And uh, so we've been doing it that way, maybe like five, six episodes in. Not too consistent because I just have so much other shit going on. But uh, we had Diamond Dallas Page was our first episode and it went kind of crazy for a second. It was fucking cool. That's oh, real dope. Honestly, that you like 
got through that. So you were doing the podcast, and that was just you on a whim decided to do it. You had access to the way to pull it off, brought your gear with you, and filmed on location. Why did you choose to do that? To do what? Go film on location. No, no, no. Before oh, the radio, well, to because, go on location. You know, I just uh, I wanted to be different. You know, I I would watch all the the popular podcasts and try to do it better and and be like, well, what would I do differently? You know what I mean? Like I I would watch like Joe Rogan, like, okay, Joe Rogan is a world renowned podcast. People love this podcast, but you know what? His video camera quality is kind of trash. Maybe I could fucking have a way better camera and that would make it look cooler. You know what I mean? Or I would watch somebody else's podcast. Like, Ooh, I like that transition. Let's do that. Or, you know what I mean? I would watch like, okay, well, how would we actually do this? And uh, we would go the dude, it was a really, it's actually quite way easier now that we do it on Zoom because I don't need anything. I would have to have a whole crew, bro. And sometimes these locations are in very inconvenient spots where we'd have to carry a lot of equipment upstairs and just set this whole room up. But I just wanted to be different. I wanted every set to be different. If I'm fucking interviewing Ernie Reyes Jr. from Ninja Turtles, then we're going to go interview him at their martial arts school with all the Ninja Turtles fucking memorabilia behind him. You know what I mean? I wanted to be... Like with the person, I just wanted to be different than any other podcast that I've seen. That's what I never want to like be like anybody else. I just wanted to do what I wanted the quality to look really nice. I wanted the intro to look sharp. I wanted to film it with good cameras. Like I, you know, I just wanted it to be nice, and that, that's what we did. Mm. So, no, that's mad dope for real, though. I appreciate that, and it goes back to like when you were young and you had that appreciation for filmmaking. So in a sense, right, you're able to right. bring that filmmaking Absolutely passion right. to light by right. leveraging. I used to lightweight edit videos when I was a little kid, and I had no software. I would hook two VCRs up to each other, and what? I would manually hit record and chop things that you way. I made little VHSs. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. He, that, he essentially is talking about making like the the same thing as like a pause tape. <laughs> Mixtape, yeah. but yeah. like with videos. Yeah, I'm essentially cutting videos, and I would do it with like my favorite Jackie Chan fight scenes or some shit. I was like a little little kid. You made and, YouTube uh, compilation videos when he was a kid, when they didn't even exist, man. I have it on VHS still somewhere in my mom's attic, probably. <laughs> Dude, that's one. You should the best compilations like being. I never thought of it VH2, like that. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. That's what you did that's though. That's kind of crazy. That's not yeah, kind of crazy just to say it that way. That's crazy. Facts. Like, my guy did that shit with wrestling. Before there was even equipment for him to be able to do that as a, like, civilian. It was just, I just want to, and I didn't even think about it like that. I just want to watch the fucking fight scenes. You know what I mean? That's it. I need a way for me to watch these fight scenes so I don't got to watch the whole movie sometime. If I just want to watch fucking hour of fights, I can just throw this tape on and be good. You know what I mean? Or or we do one with all the best stunts or some shit, you know? Yo, that's real smart, though. Um, I mean, I've edited all my own videos for like fucking 10 years, 20 years almost, you know what I mean? Except for like the really good ones, like the Method Man music videos, stuff like that. Stuff you could tell is clearly someone else. But like for the most part, dude, like all those old battle blogs I used to do, I make all those myself. I edit all that shit. Add the music, all the fucking dumb shit, all the T-Rex's ear stuff. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Edit all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yo, man. <laughs> I like your approach to life. Um, so yeah, how did that migrate into radio? I guess just because you're already doing something and <laughs> well, you know, I had um, I always had great relationships with the people that worked at KWIN, which is like I said, we were talking about earlier, the big radio station yeah. that everybody grew up listening to. And you know, 
in California, the biggest radio markets are going to be LA, the Bay, and like Sacramento. These are the biggest radio markets, right? Now, outside of those humongous markets, for the rest of the state, KWIN is one of the top ones outside of that. Like, this is a real legitimate radio station. Like, we have huge events. But they got huge budgets to throw crazy shit. Like, you know, I, mean, I interviewed Little John on fucking KWIN. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like, Little John pulled up. Like, it's, it's serious. And uh, fucking, so, you know, I just always had great relationships with them as an artist my whole life. You know what I mean? Whenever I had a battle drop in or something, they always supported me because I was popping. You know what I mean? They, they fuck with what's popping, you know? And they would play songs of mine here and there. And uh, they supported a bunch of my songs throughout my life. I always just knew them, you know, and from being around, they always see me around. I'm always at, at everything. So um, I think when, I think they may have had their eye on me a little bit when I was doing the podcast. And uh, one day my DJ, uh, DJ Expo, he just had an idea. He was just, he just called me one day. He's like, hey man, I was thinking about hitting up the program director and just seeing if he wants to let us do a radio show while I like spin records in the back. I was like, "You would you be down with that? I was like, yeah, sure. Ask him. You know what I mean? I didn't really, you know what I mean? Didn't really think much of it. And uh, we're at this whole other story, but we were at this fucking biker party in Stockton uh, with Mac Mall and Bushwick Bill randomly, the most random character. That's a whole other thing. Uh, and I just get this phone call and uh, Expo is just like, yo, man, he, he really wants to do the radio show. He's like, we have a radio show now. I was like, oh, do we? Okay. So now we have a and uh, I was at one point I was on like five days a week, man. And there again, it's another of those things where people know me from the radio show and they don't even know that I rap. You know, it's just they know me as the radio guy. All right. So, so you're a podcasting YouTube. Like, I just picture YouTube, but like wherever it was, right. um, styled video interview guy. Then you're also a radio <laughs> guy. You're also a rapper, also a battle rapper. Right. You, um, also, speed run. Um, generally, seem like that's a lot. That's a lot of different things to see. That's pivoting. I would argue that yeah. that's like the art of pivoting and making yourself stay relevant. It can be rough overlapping sometimes, though. You feel like you don't give enough attention to all of them, though. That's a struggle with anybody who likes to do a lot of things. Um, but you just, you know, it's life. You got to balance it the best you can. You got to do when the passion's in your head to do something. You got to fucking do it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still doing things. And a lot of people stop doing things because they didn't diversify a portfolio. They put too much stock in one area. And then when that thing doesn't pan out because like take music or whatever, then they don't have the other skills. You got hit up with the situation and were able to completely leverage Twitch into a completely different opportunity whilst having other stuff in the bank ready to go for right. the second it gets unpaused which gives you now an ability to do things like blend twitch in real life and all kinds of right. stuff that didn't exist before to me right. you're like the the renaissance man of this era hey well thanks man i appreciate that you know it's just kind of you know that <clears throat> battle rap ain't gonna last forever you know what i mean where you know i'm blessed that i've been able to be involved in the community for 20 years people don't get that People come flash in the pan for two years and they out. Someone gets humiliated, something happens and they're gone. There's a lot of weirdos get exposed and they disappear. They fall off. They do weird shit. You know what I mean? For me to be around for 20 years, like that's insane. That's not normal. It's not normal battle rap involvement. I'll tell you that right now. There's a very few, very small amount of us. So, but I always had in my, and I'm just a special case for everybody else. Battle rap is a much shorter lifespan. So. You can't just be like, I'm going to be a battle rapper forever. It's not going to work that way. 
You know what I mean? You, you always have to have something that you're doing, something that you're propelling into. I knew that from the very beginning. I mean, it's kind of like that with most things. I wouldn't even limit that to battle rapper. If you're just yeah. trying to be an artist. On it's, period. Up now, it's life period. I mean, right. you gotta advance. Especially as you get older. You're supposed to just have new skills, but like, look at the crazy opportunities. Oh, forgot show writer. You involved? You're technically. Uh, right. Yeah, I guess involved. I'm a writer too. Uh, show writer, absolutely. That's facts. Even if it, I guess we gotta do the to... book and a movie sometime too, man. The next step I want to get in, I want to get in a fucking movie or a TV show. That's what I, I want to uh, get on next. I mean, we're close. We made we we're behind the scenes, and there, I think there's actually a clip of Drop the Mic where they show us like in the behind the scenes with David Arquette for like a second. But like, I want to like really be on a fucking, you know, a movie or something. I would, I would watch the Awkward's movie. <laughs> hey man, thank you. I, I, you know, like I don't need to do much. Like just put me in one of them stoner flicks where I can say a couple funny lines and just be out and just be myself. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to like cry on command or anything like that. I'm not going to give a fucking pivotal Oscar winning performance, but I love it. I mean, I'm certain that now that you've spoken it out into the world, maybe somebody watches this one day and goes, I've been wanting it for a while, you. man. Hopefully I can get in a movie with Jackie Chan, bro. That's that's it. That'll complete the circle. <laughs> Put it out into the world. Put it that's out into it. the world, bro. You know, I actually met Jackie Chan, man. I met Jackie Chan like six times in my life. It was like some of the greatest times of my entire life. What were they like? You got to go a little He's deeper. Extremely nice person, man. It's just... I met him, dude, during a crazy time in his life, too, because when he was making the transition to America, when, like, Rush Hour hit, like, I met him the day that Rush Hour came out, the mm. first one, the first Rush Hour. I That's met crazy. Jackie Chan in the bay. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. He's, he, he's the best ever, man. I always cite him as my idol of everything, for sure. And then, like, Ice Cube, probably Ice Cube second. What did you say to him as a great question we just got? What did I say? What did I say to Jackie Chan? Just like, thank you. Take a picture. That's like, I mean, what I, I don't, I don't want to hold people up, man. It's Jackie Chan. Everybody yeah, wants yeah. To Jackie Chan. You know what I'm saying? I probably couldn't even contain myself, dude. When I, you know what I mean? When I found out I was going to meet him, like I couldn't even believe it, dude. It's like seeing Jackie Chan in real life when you're a fucking 13 year old kid who has been watching his shit forever. It's like, wow. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And honestly, even in 2021 he's got to be one of the most famous people to ever live like can you name like 10 people more famous than jackie chan like seriously i don't know maybe not it's a hard question because i haven't thought about it china china is a big <laughs> yeah place, yo. yeah china's a huge market and he he got Ooh. china and america it's very rare yeah, exactly when you get both it's very rare yeah, exactly. he's a super super duper star man like it's uh that was yeah, one of the greatest experiences. Pretty my life. world famous. Like everybody knows him. Yeah. Most that's, definitely. That's real dope. Still got to meet Ice Cube, man. Still got to meet Ice Cube, though. That's my dream to work. Ice Cube um, and are my two favorite rappers of all time. Uh, somebody said in the comments, Lami like uh, asked uh, that you mentioned Jay Z and Ice Cube. Who would be your next favorite of all time? Oh my God. Uh, you know that list has just changed so much as I've got older because. Because I know Ice Cube and Jay-Z is locked one and two for life. Like, they're, like, here, and everyone else is just fucking. Yeah, yeah. Hi. You know what I mean? Way down there. But uh, I, my list has changed because there's people. Okay. I used to have, like, certain people, like, top three because I thought they rapped the best. 
You know what I mean? Like this person to out rap this person for show, right? Mm -hmm. But now that I'm 38 years old, I have to look at the overall span of their catalog and their body of work. Now I can't just say this person raps better, so he's top three. Well, fucking Jay-Z has 15 amazing albums. Like you can't stop that. You know what I mean? These are facts. You know what I mean? You gotta take things, I think things differently now in terms of who my favorite is. And I don't know, man. My my favorite, I might have to say E40 is my number three, just based on full package of (laughs) impact. How many great albums does he have? You know what I mean? All this is like the whole body of work. How influential is he is? Do I like the things they say in the raps? You know what I mean? There's there's so much to it. Mm. And I I empathize heavy. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say a third, but I just know Ice Cube and Jay-Z are locked. They're the best ever to ever do it. Empathize heavy. I like that you even said that too, because I feel like sometimes people don't understand that. Like as you get older, you're almost supposed to reevaluate certain things. You have to, man. Like you can't compare certain people. Like Jay-Z has had a long career where he could, and even Ice Cube, where they've had over 10 great albums. Like, how could you compare Yo, Jay, to Jay's catalog is is pretty you, pretty stupendous. Like right. there's like Who the level how could you compare that, that? Level of writing so well and that the music is so good for so long, unquestionably. Like you can there's <clears throat> there's people that can be like, nah, there's questions because I don't like him. It's like that's okay that you don't like him. But the but there difference are facts between that you have to deal with. But the difference between like him and like maybe like somebody else that you might say that about is like he doesn't need you to like him he's going to sell records because he stays relevant because he stays on top of his craft enough to satisfy the majority of the fan base that's out there that like listens to hip-hop you know what i mean yeah i mean I, i look at it i look at who my favorite is just based on so many different things now that I've had time to just be a rap fan for fucking many decades now, you know what I mean? And, mm. and just see this shit over the years. And, uh, you know, it's about everything, man. Of course, it's do they rap good? Do you like how they rap? But it's the body of work, man. It's yeah. the impact they've had on the world. It's, it's, and, and, you know, it may sound shitty to say, like, you might not be able to be the best rapper of all time if you haven't had at least one platinum album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I call I you mean, the best of all time if you haven't had one? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's a shitty way to say it, sales, because sometimes dumb shit sales. But, like, it's a part of the package. You know what you I mean? You know what? And also, no, I, I think, think it's a outside, I also think outside of rap matters, what you do outside, too. Like, Ice Cube is a fucking boss. He owns yeah. a basketball team. He had legendary Yeah, he has legendary Probably. movies. Like, the impact I'm, I'm looking at these motherfuckers the overall impact of everything not just yeah. who i think they rap good but also i think ice cube raps better than everybody and i think ice cube raps about the most important things that any rapper has ever rapped about i think he has the best content in rap history that you could listen to an ice cube song from 1992 and maybe aside from like the datedness of the beat and style of the recording the things he's saying could have been written yesterday and not too many people can do that. It's, not just, at all. it's just different. It's just different level. Um, I would, I've got a great argument for Jay-Z and Ice Cube goat status that I don't think anyone could ever fuck with. I would just torture everyone's soul. 
details yeah. why they're the best two ever. I mean, I, 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 I definitely agree with you with the J. You know that I'm not a huge Cube fan. We've talked about you. this, but like, but like, it's not. It's not something that I'm also going to fight either, where it's just like, yo, it's understandable. Because you, like, you may legit, not personally like him, but name, you know that like he is Cube, up there. Yeah, exactly. You absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Cube, Cube's pen is super up there. I'm a big like, just because somebody's pen doesn't appeal to me. But you know what I was going to tell you? <laughs> Actually, when it comes to sales and, like, um, and like the best rappers and things like that, um, there's, like, uh, a special that happened like maybe 14, 15 years ago, like on MTV, and Sway hosted it. And mm. it was just a one off special he was doing for MTV. And it was like tracking like the best, the trajectory of like the best rappers and like noticeably the best rappers, quote unquote, like in the game always sold a lot of records you know what i mean like it doesn't matter who it is at what point when right. it was rock him back in the days he sold a lot of records right. for back in them days right if you're like, gonna be the best rapper of all time you gotta have at least one I yeah think. you're gonna have you're gonna you have, have a strong least, fan you don't have to be like strong. the pop sensation that sold the most fucking records of all time but i mean it's just a part of the whole package it's a part of the whole i'm saying the whole package everything yeah no, I yeah. think it makes a lot of sense because <clears throat> we're older I, now. It's not just oh, he but it's also better. like He's it's it's like the world is now watching, right? So like to get to platinum, there's a good chance you're probably doing well. At least in the states, with the numbers that are there, that you're doing well in a lot of places. And both like Ice Cube and Jay Z aren't just revered in in one place. They're like right, they're up here. Like they they mention all the top five conversations up here. Both those guys constantly come always, up. Always. Always. I'm pretty sure you can pick. Jay and Cube always mentioned, and if you and even if they don't agree with you, they can respect it and be like, "Well, he's part of the argument. He can't be. He's not necessarily wrong, even though it's not my particular cup like of they're, tea." They're like in the same five dollar tier on that meme where you have to like right, build right. your like build a concert with like this <laughs> right. much of a budget. Right. Like they're in the same bracket <laughs> right. there. So to me, I always waste all my money on Ice Cube and Jay and just spend one dollar on whoever the fuck is at the end. <laughs> But you know what? Like they can hold down the show. I, Yo, that's you know, it is. Those... I'm I'm mystified that they've never done a song. What the fuck? Why? 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 I've never had any notable beefs. It's probably, between... it's probably, probably just one of those things where it's just like two boss Man. motherfuckers that are like, "Yo, I, I, I don't gotta, I don't got to," you know, like. But how crazy. If Ice Cube and Jay Z did a song, man. Yeah, no, that's a lot of that's a lot of listen to that. We need that. We need that in the world. We need that. We need that. And I also would like to see Method Man and Ice Cube on a song. Actually, my boys who produced the song for me and Meth, they do a lot of work for Ice Cube. They're they're from Stockton and they've done a lot of production for Ice Cube. And uh I would really love to link those two up. That's really I would fresh. really like to see just, just Cuban meth on the song. I don't even need to be. I just, I would just like to see them work together because it would be cool. I would like to listen to that song personally. I, I really like Ice Cube a lot. I'm, I'm gonna go yeah, down. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best, man. But even like probably the reason I rap, probably literally the reason I rap is Ice Cube. I but like, I've liked That's Ice Cube for a long time. Like, I remember it was working in a warehouse one time, and I heard that like, yo, if you fucked up, put your cups up. 
Ice Cubans? And I'm just like, yo, this is right, right, the right. nicest shit I ever heard. I remember hearing that song and then like that whole era and discover like it was all right. the hits on YouTube. Yeah, all his new um, shit's fire too. His last album, uh <clears throat> Everything Corrupt, is fire. That's one with the good cop, bad cop. On, yeah, he's shitting on every shitting on Trump. He's shitting on everybody yeah. hard, bro. It's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy album, man. I, I love it. I love it. I, like that it, it I feel like his music is just wild intelligent. I feel like he has certain albums that could be deconstructed in a fucking college course that you could fucking learn a lot if they taught this in a school. If you took like the Predator or America's Most Wanted yeah, and you really like one. unpacked it. And it's, talked about it in a classroom setting, I really think it would be a fucking crazy thing. I would fucking I hate school and I would go to that class. Nah, for real though. We did a review of America's Most Wanted mm, and yo, right. honestly, you're you're not wrong. Incredible. There like, we didn't do Incredible. it. Like you could probably spend six to eight hours on that album and not run out of things to Easily. talk about. It's so smart. It's like that's that's really the the thing about Ice Cube is just so smart, just the boss moves and intelligence that he's always had. It's just, and you know what's smart. interesting about him um, is my girlfriend really likes his shit, and I say that because it's significant that somebody who, with the topics he has, because such a powerful presence with women, and that isn't common with the general. And I'm saying it like, yo, every I'm not talking about like the girls who like rap. I mean, girls right. in general like Ice right. Cube in a bigger yeah, way sure. and I, it might have everything to do with the movies it might it might yeah, just be I mean, all of that friday everybody loves friday i don't know anybody i've never met a person that does not like the movie friday i do not know if it exists oh, i don't think so I, nah, I don't know is there anyone out there in the chat maybe does anybody dislike the movie friday i've never or have you better question have you ever met someone who dislikes the movie friday i never have never nah. have. at most they haven't seen it which is fair I've enough. never I've never seen someone that disliked that movie. It's a fucking classic. Well, maybe the best stoner movie ever. It but even like be. to that end, you have stuff like are you are the the kids movies the like everything right. he did like kids he, fire. he's so, he's so versatile with like his movie making. Yeah. yeah, and then it's just like he's very like like how do you go on Ellen, and then at the same time <laughs> drop your albums and shit. And like have Ellen be part of your like hard ass album right. tour. And it's then... just another, you know, that's why he's such a big inspiration to me because, you know, I'm into a lot of different things and Ice Cube is on the same wavelength, you know what I mean? And even Jay-Z, even though he doesn't really do movies, but he's on the same wavelength as far as doing things outside he's of so rap cool. as well. You know what I mean? I'm really, I'm really into that, that whole, uh, you know that whole situation ice cube that's why I just the raps the impact like everything about him i fuck with i just fuck with him man i fucks with jay-z too i mean i had to Absolutely. learn to like jay-z's music because it like, took me a minute because if we talk about smart we have to give right. jay-z his credit man right? we was on that reasonable doubt so tough out here early, early. oh man that's reasonable doubt boy gems on life from the first album and like the last album that he put out was four four four. He oh was still word. doing that. I'm that so, reasonable doubt, baby. No, but it's like really cool, like when you do it, and then everything in between. It's like honestly, at one point I was like kind of not into like his more pop sounds in the 2010s, but oh, then man. I started listening. That's to That's what stuff I love again. about him, man. But then I started listening to it again now, and I'm like, I really so love good. this shit. What was it's I talking so about good, ever? Man. This is such good music. That's what's so good about Jay because everybody loved Jay, 
gangsters love Jay. The backpackers love Jay. The bar motherfuckers love Jay. Like, just Jay is just good at everything. He can make a pop song and spit some bars on it. And writers, make, writers. Make, make everybody happy in one shot. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty incredible. It's, uh, it's tough to do, man. It's tough to do. It's very tough to do. No, it's a really good... It's a, I like the way... I like why you picked these people. That's really cool. Yeah, they're the best. That, that's, you know... You know, like I said, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I, I think he raps better. He's my favorite. Well, now, you know, I'm an adult. We have to really think about this. Why is this guy the best? Mm. I fucks with that a lot. I really appreciate that. Um, There's context behind it. When you start understanding more than just, like, your average, you know, just I'm just listening here. When you start understanding, yeah. like, what it takes to, like, have longevity, what it takes to be right. consistent, what it takes to be you know, uh, um, bring a, a pen game that you're constantly pushing yourself right. and you're constantly elevating to, like, all that stuff bears so much factor that people don't realize. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, Biggie, like, it, like, is the one that, like, got me into hip-hop like that, right? Like, Biggie's Ready incredible. to Die was the album that, like, that's my second favorite rap album but, of like, all time. It would, it would be, like, yo, so unfair to, like, everybody else who, like, got to live out their lives and got to put out a catalog if I didn't, if I, knowing what I know about, like, what it takes for all of this, if I, I think it'd be a disservice to the guys that, like, actually get to put in the work and, right. you know, put up the big numbers because they actually produce, like. Most definitely. And, and not only that, I feel like who the best rapper of all time and who the best rapper is, I feel are two completely different lists. If we're talking about who raps the best, that's it's different also. You know what I mean? Just strictly yeah. only who raps the best. No impact, no albums, no body of work. Yeah. 16 bars who fucking raps the best. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like like if like if we were to like keeping on this theme of like Pokemon cards or collecting, right? Like if we were to all have like our rapper that we are like, okay, this guy, I'd put him up against any other rapper rapping right. because then yeah i'd be like yo i'm gonna probably pick tra tragedy Kadaf. you know like that's gonna be the guy that i'm like i'm i'm, I'm hedging my bets on him that's right. where i'm going with it but yeah that, if, that, if that's not what we're talking about if we're talking about like real solid like you know everything something Package. more concrete and it's everything then like yeah nah you got to take into consideration like people like jay and people you like snoop like cube like a lot of right. dudes that like people probably don't want to put into the conversation for this. Like, right, right. And and if you're talking about just straight lyricism, then you know I would say Black Thought's probably the best rapper alive. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean, so it's just, but but does Black Thought have ten fucking albums that I love like Ice Cube? He doesn't. You know what I mean? That's just, it's no yeah. disrespect. He, he can yeah. rap circles around me any moment in life. Absolutely. No I mean, that's no that's disrespect. But that's, that's just the fact. We, like, like we were talking about with battles earlier, you know, like there's art, like art is subjective. Like, you know, like at any point, anybody can dislike any piece of art and they are well within their rights mm -hmm. as a human being alive, right? Because right. at the end of the day, if it doesn't just like hit the right frequencies for you as a human being, then like, you're just not gonna rock with it. Then right. nothing, nobody can tell you about that. You know, right. like it's it is what it right. is. Right, but Black Thought does rap better than everybody on planet Earth. Nah, Black no, Thought's Black amazing. Thought's like, Black, Thought, Black Thought's his incredible. consistency for so long. Insane. Yo, when I Insane. found out that he freestyled, like, the whole first Roots album, I, I was like... Uh, 
And I'm so happy for him to have the fucking the TV gig, the consistent TV gig. I'm so happy. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Now that's that's another facet of like us breaking down the barrier in like with with hip hop. Like, yo, we're, we're like we are now like a, a show band, a TV show right, band. Right, right, right. Like, that's work uh, every day, uh, right there. Those motherfuckers. Know, like quit. that's that's a great check. Like I know that those guys are really happy that they're going to be able to pass on some like generational wealth to their like, absolutely, you know, their, their children. Absolutely. Nah, it's, a, it's totally dope. So what are your like plans once this whole lockdown ends? Cause I imagine we're going to catch you on Twitch for the next little bit. Yeah, we're going to be doing some speed runs. Obviously resident evil eight comes out in like a month. We're going to be going crazy on that. We're gonna try and get some uh, early speed runs in the during the development of that whole route, um, but uh, yeah, lots of music's coming. I've been writing the whole time during the fucking quarantine as well. Um, just haven't been in the studio. We've been privileged enough to uh, be able to record in really nice studios for all the new stuff with like the fucking ten thousand dollar Beyonce mics and shit like that. So I'd really rather wait so I can get back in there, you know. Um, but if it's too long, then I'll then I'll do what I have to do. But uh, you know, chilling on the recording it, but I just been writing. So music, E40 things coming out. The vinyl with Meth is coming. More speed runs, more podcasts. Um, going to drop some of the solo records. Maybe an album, even. Who knows? Who knows what could be next? Maybe we'll write a book and do a movie. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Maybe I'll become a garbage man too. I don't know. What the fuck else can we do? That's an amazing answer. I like that you you gave respect to the garbage men in there because they're legit. People. Hey, it's actually a fire job. No, so I know. They, they get paid very well. I'm they make not... amazing salaries. And it's my whole life. It's a I just job. heard teachers. My whole life, I just heard teachers shitting on garbage men. My whole fucking life. Yeah, school. yeah. yeah me Mind too. you, they're not making as much money as a garbage man. Nope. But the, yo, but the other part, it's like one of those jobs where you don't have to go to the gym after because you're doing the exercise right. while you're at yes. work. And right. I'm very envious of any occupation that allows you to work out while you're at work. Yeah, That's I feel scary. like that about my job because, like, stagehand work, stage work is, is that. Like, there's, like, I mean, compared to general labor, there's a huge difference between stagehand work and general labor, right? So right. it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, like move somebody. Like I'm not looking mm. to help, like you know, people move. Like right, one time right. I helped a friend move, and I was just like, Nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never doing this again. Like what? Like man, I have a truck, is, so everybody is, always yeah, sits me up hire, to move. Hire, hire people, <laughs> to you know. But you like um, stagehand work, like there is <laughs> a physical aspect to it, you know. And right. there's a lot of like workout that goes into it, you know, and, and it's, it's like good. it's really great to get paid well to do a particular trade that you know not many people can do and keep you in shape. Nice exercise, then. No, know? that's really good, man. No, that's that's about, about all like, you can ask for. I swear, there are days where I'm in this chair like 12 hours, and I'm like just like fucking like. Not not all just for like Twitch or streaming <laughs> or whatever, but it's because like my day job is also just yeah, in this yeah, room, in this chair. So from like nine to five, and then we do like maybe a four hour thing after, and then sure maybe I'll get up in between, but all my prep works in the chair, so it's just right. like it's not ideal. It's just so I I think a lot about people who like get to move at work. It's it's like this right now. It's it's good. It's it's helpful. Yeah. Now. I appreciate it. Like I, I really genuinely like, like love my. 
And then I get to like change sceneries on a regular basis, you know, like the different events happening, different places that we got to set up stages and, and lights and videos and, you know, I like, I right. always thought to myself, wow. like, it is like, like the, the, like the illest, like, uh, uh, dream and fantasy is like, what, like get big, big and like get to go on tour, tour. And like what? Like help yeah. them help the guys. Now you know how to up, set the shit up. Set up like what? Like what? You thought you thought that independent shit. Rich to do this? That's no, that independent shit right there. Show you. I get down with this. Let's set up my stage. Hey, that's a, that's my a, stage for the show. That's that Jackie Chan you know, shit you know right there. More productivity. You know how much more on point my light show and my stage and my sound will be than every other act out there. Like people don't know. Like what? I, hey, I that's that you. Jackie Chan shit. That's that Jackie Chan shit, bro. I'm telling you, this motherfucker does everything. He'll write the movie, he'll direct the movie, he'll do all the stunts in the movie, he'll be the main actor and he'll mop the fucking floor. Yo, do that's amazing. I respect what? that a lot though. But I also feel like it's just so useful to live like that now because the more roles you can get involved with, it's not necessarily doing all the work, but that you can get involved right, with. Um <laughs> it is. Uh but like the more you can kind of make sure everybody that's involved is the right people to be involved with it. That's more where it's Definitely. advantageous. It's not necessarily like, cause your delegation is mad important. I'm not even going to like, you, you gotta be able to do that, but you, how can you delegate effectively if you've never done the job? Like I don't, I'm not really a fan of video editing, but I had to do my, a lot of years of learning how it works to a point. Yeah, where I feel you. I actually enjoy it. It's funny. I never. So here's the thing. I like it at a conceptual level. As hey in, guys, I gotta take a piss real quick. Yo, Hold do on. Your thing. Hold on one second. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. So cute. That's the one that's from the emote. Yeah, this is the emote. This is Cloud. Oh, the boy. Oh, that's amazing. The boy. I know my girlfriend's gonna be real happy when she notices a cat. <laughs> Sometimes he jumps in the middle of my speed runs at the hardest parts and decides to walk on the keyboard. Classic cats. <laughs> Classic, Classic moves. Oh. Nah, but like, yeah. All right, Cloud, peace. Awkward's is definitely the kind of guy that you would like quote in a business book on how like he, your life is like an example of just so many principles I've read about. And it's so cool. Man, I like, read business books and they sound so outdated and I'm like fucking pissed that I bought them. Yeah, but they're useful to understand how to speak to older people. You know what's fucked up about business books, man? By the time you take the time to write it and get it published and put it out, the shit is already lightweight obsolete. And there's Facts. already some newer shit that you should be doing instead. But so most like with books that move with the with the stocks and the GameStop thing where I was just like I didn't understand why everybody who heard about this through the new mainstream media news then decided to invest. That was well, a I'm good like, point. Let me let me tell you a funny story. Let me, let me tell you a funny story. Clearly, if it's in the mainstream media, it's now known to millions of people. You're not at the same advantage point that the other guys <laughs> that took that did this move. It's because they didn't read vantage point to learn this stuff. Right. Let me tell you a story. The last the last marketing marketing book that I read, uh, so outdated. They said that Amazon should stick to selling books and they'll never make it. Mm. Other but every now and again, if you read them, 
you'll find some really good ones. Like I read this one. I was one. like, this book is a piece of shit. That one sounds pretty <laughs> stupid. But like, I read this oh my God, man. I read this Sometimes one. books are so dumb. I see them, I'm just like, bro, like we've been on that. This old yeah. shit. Where's, nah. the, where's the shit that I'm supposed to get from this book? No, a lot of that, yo, half those books are sales pitches. But then you get like some good ones where the dudes is like a little more like actually those the best, that need the money. The about best it. books I ever read was about how to treat people. That changed mm. everything more so than any other book that I've ever read on anything. Or how to how to communicate better. Those are the type of books Yo, that are useful. Don't read the fucking 48 Laws of Power bullshit. It's not that good. It actually treats you to be a dick teaches you to be a dickhead. That's why I read that yo. book. I find it. So yeah, I have a different. I, I use on that it. Book. I use it so I can spot dickheads. That's 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 okay. So here's the thing. I just gotta say, like, I read that book and like it. I got into a situation where I went into corporate like life and I started dealing with the kinds of people who know how to play that game. And I read Forty Eight Laws of Power, and it taught yeah, me how to do better at work. And you know what? There's a lot yeah, of right. negative that you yeah, can yeah. get out of that book. But the first yeah, chapter yeah. is like, yo, this isn't really for you. If less you're right. in a position where you're around a bunch of dickheads, here's how to spot right. that shit. <laughs> and that's what I took from that book. Right. No, definitely the reversals for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think, but like I call it, I call it the nice person's version of the 48 laws of power is, uh, how to win friends and influence people. It's the worst title on the planet. It sounds like some corny yeah, shit, book. like your how to talk to girls or something. It's fucking stupid. But if you if you actually read it, it's not even about getting getting friends or influencing people. It's nah. not even what the book is about. It's about I can't even explain. It's about the way you communicate and treat people. No, it's a, you're you're absolutely that the right. The byproduct the byproduct of that is naturally people will do things and treat you the way that you want them to but like based the, on just that you know what i mean this side of it is i read it's very it's a very interesting book so like, i do i, read, I trap uh, people with it sometimes it's funny i read that book too like i read a lot of them i read a lot it's of fantastic book and i definitely think like i would recommend people read both of them because yo like something like yeah, how to win friends and influence people is how you keep your conscience it's, it's a great book man i really like, Really 48 Laws of Power is really effective at teaching somebody like naive ass me who probably couldn't spot a thing in my life what some dark shit looks like so that I can better maneuver in the future. And yo, How to Win Friends and Influence People doesn't go into 636 pages of historical examples of shit. Right. So it's like, for me, and then yo, I read a lot of Robert Greene's books. I know he gets a lot of whatever reputations. I've read a couple. I read Art, Art of Seduction, and I'm like, oh, that helped me be a better marketer. I'm on. I'm working on that right now, actually. And you know what? It's a bizarre book, but like, end of the day, if you're looking at it like trying to have sex, it's one thing. But if you take yeah, seduction, no, it's not even. Like yeah, it's, that's it's not, not what it is. Seduction, yeah, seduction means many things. So like, but I'm into marketing. So my job a little bit is to be a good marketer. So I read like that and I became a better marketer. If you want a really good marketing book is made to stick. This shit's by somebody or another, yeah, but that shit, it's not even that long. These dudes is fine. They don't need my money per se, but they taught me a lot, a lot, a lot about what makes particular ideas sticky on social media. I read it years after it came out. It made me a better social media person. So like, there are a few, but I agree with you that most of it's bullshit. Yeah, a lot of them are trash. Well, like my, one of my favorite books is, uh, um, 
is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I'm a big David Goggins guy. I don't know if you fuck with David. You know, you know about David Goggins, Dutch? No. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure oh, who David Goggins go, is. Go, everybody go follow David Goggins. I'm not sure. It'll change your whole fucking life. But uh, his book is the fucking, he, this dude is crazy, man. I can't even, I can't even explain David Goggins to someone that doesn't know. It's crazy. You just have to look him up. Yo, Panic, can you turn your mic off, bro? <laughs> yo, my mic's on. Yo, my bad. <laughs> hey, no stress, it's man. It's all good. Sorry, David. Uh, Who's David Goggin? David Goggins, man. He's a fucking uh, military guy. Had the most insane fucking life. He's been through some dark, dark shit. And the book uh, is called Can't Hurt Me. And, uh, man, it'll help you just dig deep. That's yeah, I all like I can that. say. It teaches nah, you to dig deep. The exact mind frame that he was in during the worst fucking moments where he had to still just clutch shit out. I really you know what like I mean? That. And it's that kind of mind. His mindset is nuts, man. This dude has a world record for the most pull-ups. This dude fucking, uh, he went to, what's that fucking, God damn it, the SEAL training, the really terrible one where they made, where they practically drown you. I forget the name of it. He did that shit like three times, bro. Mm. Like insane. Like the dude, he, he's one of the best, man. His book will change you. Read that shit. I nah, highly bro, recommend it. No, dude, I'm an avid reader. I'm really into it. Like, like that book will change you. That and the How to Win Friends and Influence People. Those are my two favorite books ever. Um, I read a lot of other random shit. Uh, Revolutionary, uh, Revolutionary Suicide is one of my favorite books by Huey P. Newton. It's a fucking crazy, crazy book as well uh, about just uh, how the Black Panthers formed and just like everything they tried to do to them. It's just some really heavy shit in there. I highly, highly recommend that as well. I'm into it. I'm gonna make sure. It's fucking. That. That's one of my favorite books ever. That's why I read that shit. Like, blew my fucking face off. For real though, I, I take book recommendations. Yeah. Blew, blew my blew my fucking face off. Absolutely blew my face. That's amazing. It's an amazing book. Highly recommended. Those three books right there. If you're looking for three books, get those three books. Yeah, I should ask people their top three books more often. That's a fucking blessed idea. That's a cool <laughs> thing. I like that a lot. Um. But yeah, um, I'll have to say, no, man, honestly, you've had a crazy interesting life. I'm not sure where else to go with this conversation. I'm running out of, like, my brain is, like, hitting that point. Hey, no stress, man. I got to get to these fights, too. I got to see my boy Francis and Stipe get it in tonight. This, this is, I don't even know. I don't know who's going to win. I love them both. I just hope none of them gets hurt. I love them both. They're so cool. No, fair enough. Totally appreciate that. But, um, yeah, so thank you for coming through. I really, really, really just have that to say. It's great. Yo, um, bless. Yo. Hey, glad uh, you guys enjoyed it. You already man. know, bro. Thank you so much for hey, course, doing man. me a favor. You know what for I mean? For sure, man. Yeah. I'm coming to New York soon, man. First order of business. So I'll, I'll, I'll be at you. Yeah, definitely. Holla. Let me know. You already know. I've been, yes, already sir. been told you, you know? Hey, appreciate everybody in the chat too, man. Feel free to follow me on my Twitch as well. We do some speed runs and podcasts. I'll drop the cloud emotes so you know it's real. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. definitely make sure to follow them make sure to follow also uh end of the week over on youtube subscribe definitely. to the channel EOWTV over there make sure to follow and subscribe everything and everyone and we really appreciate that for real that y'all came through like that 
So yeah, um, on that note, I don't have anything more to really say at this point. It's been great to yeah, have no, you. Yeah, he already gave back. he already gave the crowd a shout out for you. And that's it. You know what I mean? stole that that's from it. me and just the man, the man handled the business for you. We so, in there. He was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm I'm saying cut, bro, cut. We we cut." <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh fair. shit! Let me hit Danny. <laughs> no, nah, it's fair enough. I right, I'm gonna start the raid. Mm-hmm.